My name is Josh Alvarez. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you're listening to episode 69 of Cinepunk. Cinepunk. Today on the show we have very special guest, Mr. Josh Agrin. He's pretty good. Henceforth referred to as Agrin. Agrin or Mr. Agrin. <laughs> I'm into Mr. Agrin. Mr. Mr. Agrin. Mr. Agrin. Yeah. There's yeah. just a thing when you're recording that, you know, you got two guys named Josh. Yeah. And we need the audience to know who they're hearing from. Right. I mean, your voices are literally exactly the same. I'm told that you and me sound a lot alike. I've heard that as well. I assume those people are racist. Yeah, um, I think that's that's completely wrong. You both sound very different to me. Wow, see, Alvarez Josh a little bit is more not at all racist. No, you like that no, not even a little bit. Not nope. even no. <laughs> Alvarez, yeah, you, you have more of a uh, like a Filipino voice. Oh, and weird. Liam more of an Irish sound. Man, he so you are racist. That was, <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> that took a turn. That one. I mean, I mean, you definitely have a Filipino voice when you talk about any of your family members. Yeah, because you refuse to represent any family member of yours as if they might not have an accent. Because <laughs> all of them do. <laughs> Even my brother, who was born in the same state and and house and everything that I was raised in. I mean, so. uh, granted, we're used to our voices, so that's probably why we think we sound very different. Yeah, but I, I think, I mean, first of all. If someone is saying um for a full ten seconds, it's typically you. That's me. Yeah, I. That's not Josh. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. As if Mr. Mr. Agron over here, yeah. you know, I grew up in a Jewish family, so I talk <laughs> like this naturally. Sure, I, Josh, you hear very good Jewish This is just Jewish my wine? normal talking oh. voice. Sorry, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So Josh is longtime friend of the show. We've been, we've been friends with Josh for a million years now. Well, I've been friends with you, Josh. Right, Alvarez. Right, Liam. Not as long. Only recently. Only recently. Only recently. But you, were, you and I go back. But I knew years. who you. I knew yeah. who you were. Is that weird that I knew who you were long before we like officially met? No. Okay. Good. I mean, you, you are the final member of Affirmative Action Jackson to be on the show. That's what oh, I. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we've we've completed the AAJ circle. And now, how many people give a shit? <laughs> All three of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's put it this way: <laughs> If you're listening to this and you're like Affirmative Action Jackson, what's that? Get on the fucking train. Yeah, all right. Come on, please. That's on you. That's on you, listener. Three great dudes. That's all you need to know. The only thing that the only train that has affirmative action Jackson on it is a MySpace. (laughs) Okay, so there's no, and it's not even a good train. Uh, Dynalone Productions put out your beautiful split with the sound Uh, of failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. What's up, Jeff Pelly? That was like 25 years ago. I know. So good. (laughs) So good. Jeff had kids since then. Wait, how many years ago was that actually? Actually, like 10 years. No, it was in 2002. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> so actually 15 years ago. 15 years ago. Bro, yeah. Josh. Yeah. You're old. I know. So are you, man. Yeah, we all are. I mean, but you're older than me. So. Yeah. Man, you shouldn't talk to Josh that way. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you see what I did there? That was really weird, right? This is going to get so yeah. old. No, we the got Josh and Josh Dude, there's joke. only one beer in the room, too. It's fucked up, man. There might be. I just want to put I this mean, out. I we already pointed talk it, about what... I, Alcohols we're drinking. I know. I already pointed this out, but I think it is worth saying. You are the first person to consume alcohol. Nope. Wrong. Who else? Josh Goldblum brought a six-pack over. But he was drinking while we were recording? Yes, he was. 
Oh, I don't remember. Wow, and his name is also Josh. Oh my what god! What is up with What's drunk happening? Joshes? Dude, so good. Drunk uh, Josh is my favorite. To be fair, though, neither <laughs> one of you are drunk. Me? <laughs> Just Josh <laughs> in <laughs> general. To be fair, <laughs> neither one of you are drunk though, and we did have one drunk person, which was Sean. Oh, but he drank before amazing. he came to the show. He came loaded, <laughs> and we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy, and it was no, no. We talked about Star Wars. No, no, it was one. It was. I thought we talked about X Fest. It was the episode because uh, oh. Jenny Dreadful was here. Yes, she was the official guest, and then jo- and Sean was like, "I'll just sit in," <laughs> and then he was just <laughs> drunk and funny. So you know, more pertinent to our show here, I right. came here last week to hang out with Mr. Alvarez. Yeah, true. And watch. Uh, we had an amazing mandate. Yeah, Beyond Darkness is we wanted. To we watch watched together. Beyond Darkness, and then we watched Spider Man. No, no, but let's let's, let's, let's rewind. Spearman. Let's yeah. rewind just a second because okay. I I also showed up to your house more drunk last time. <laughs> you because did. I was decided for I work at a bar right, and we get a shift drink, so I decided to drink club soda and vodka <laughs> for my shift drink, which is not a thing I normally do. Right. And I was drinking it like it was just club soda. Yeah. So I show up to Josh's house here and I passed out on the couch while we were went watching. right to sleep as soon as Beyond Darkness went on. Oh and my, my lift yeah. driver, I left my my headphones in his car. <laughs> you lost I, your keys. No, I thought I lost my keys. I ended up never taking them with oh, me. Oh man, dude, you had oh an amazing God. day. I yeah. was totally fucked. <laughs> so yeah, but great. I kept a good positive. You held it down, sir. Oh yeah. So you how wait? So how long have you guys known each other? Like when did when did you meet? Fuck. I want to say. I feel like we knew each other when I played. I did this like dumb acoustic guitar thing for a Kid Dynamite show at 801 Lombard. Did you I know did. you back then? You did. You but, were there, right? But you knew me during. I met you during Knives Out. Okay, so you met me in the t- early 2000s. Early 2000s. Maybe 99. So it's yeah. been a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh there's someone that's alive Knives right Out. now. Do we want to list all of Josh's projects? We did do it for Andy. Let's do it. Do all the projects. Okay, let's do it. So, okay. R5. Wait, let's be clear. We tried to do it for Andy. And you, I just you got like naming three bands, bands wrong. Yeah, yeah. And then Andy just started claiming to be in every band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He told us he was in Rizzo Machine. <laughs> he uh, told yeah. us he was, This is great. But, right. uh, let me, okay, try, let me try do, it. Try it. Let me do the Agrin rundown. Ready? Um, we're going to start with R5. Right? As in the band or the, the As in the band. Yeah, the band. The Actually, band. called R5 slash Proverbs of the Illest. Proverbs. Okay, that Illest. is fucked up. That is Actually. a hard name. That was what we were called, man. Dude, that's a good one. And then after that, we're going to go from AJ, right? Affirmative Action, Action Jackson. Jackson. Which, incidentally, I got the demo working at Vintage Vinyl the same day I got the demo for Operation Cliff Clavin. And I thought it was funny that they both came at the same time. Not important to the story. Not at all. Um, and then after that, I'm going to go with Knives Out, right? Was Knives Out the next direct one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, actually, because it was actually, let me think. Oh, no, yeah, R5, then AJ, then Knives, Knives Out, Out, then Tokyo. Tokyo. And then um, Tokyo is with our man from uh, Dillinger Escape Right, Land. the original. Right. Dimitri. Right. Dimitri. Yeah. And, and bandmate of my own, Mr. Bo Brendley. Right. Sure. And um, and Jeff Ziga and Daryl Hyde. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. all-star lineup there. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's, pretty That's good. real good. And then after Tokyo was Paint of Black. Uh yeah yeah after because I joined Paint Black in two thousand five Tokyo stopped started and stopped in two thousand three it was like a year long yeah thing. it was like Tokyo, Paint Black, and then it was Cassavetes, was that the next one? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that yeah yeah because yeah, so Paint of Black was for a while. Paint Black is still a thing yeah we're still a band. oh and you were in the loved ones for like a, a tour I I yeah I yeah. did I played I saw guitar you guys for the, the Bronx ones. yeah I was yeah, gonna yeah, say yeah. You, you're describing Paint Black as if it's like a thing of the past and not no a band. I get that it's still around but still I was just, I'm just trying to, just to trying catch to myself order. up yeah, with yeah, the yeah, order yeah. Of, of 
the Agron train. I wouldn't say I was. I mean, yeah, I I, I was uh, a part of Loved Ones for for a couple. You're of in tours. their video for Jane. I was in their video. Yeah, I'm still awesome. in it. I guess. Or for 100K. Well, I 100K. 100K. Yes. Yeah. When I, I when I post this, by the way, I'm only gonna list Painted Black and Knives Out. Just <laughs> so you know, that's fine by me. <laughs> yeah. And I also then, I also I mean, worked I mean, on some movies. Sure. No, definitely. That? I was I was asking about the the musical thing uh, just to like get a quick list. It turned into a whole tirade because it's Josh Alvarez. I don't know but if it's a tirade. I just wanted a quick sort of listing. Then I was going to say, hey, I also know that you've done some film work. You want to talk a little bit about that? Because just like uh, former guest Bear, Bear Hubbard, you're one of our few friends who not only uh, is someone who is involved in music and likes movies, but is involved in music and has worked in and been in movies, which is like. Not that common, at no. least not for Across bands. I know actors who've been in bands, quote unquote, and those bands are like they yeah. didn't do anything. Uh, the but guy's you're name like is Keanu in Keanu Reeves, and the band is called Dogs. <laughs> go on. Uh, I, I was actually thinking of Russell Crowe, Russell C. Rowe, my buddy Russell. Crow. How about the Bacon Brothers? You know, ah, Philadelphia. Fuck yes. that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did work on a movie called National Treasure uh, back in 2003. Never heard of it. Okay, so the question is. Did you meet Nicolas Cage? Uh, no, but I well, kind of. I dropped off his massage table to his his room. What? And um, that's did pretty he say good. Hi to you? That's pretty good. No, I his assistant took it, but I saw him <laughs> in the background for so, a second. I also saw him leaving the four the what's it called uh, the uh, the Four Seasons. Right. I was actually there to drop off a uh, a contract for Jerry Bruckheimer, and it was a Friday night, and out walks Nicolas Cage wearing. Uh, long leather pant, bell-bottom leather pants, a long leather coat, a white ruffled shirt, Ugh. had his hair slicked back. You could see like his slightly balding, and he had about twenty-five people wearing like, you know, feather uh, uh, scarves and all bright blue shirts, so all awesome. kinds of wild things. Was he it going was to insane. a prince and or vampire party? Dude, he and was going out. It was Friday. It was Nicholas Cage going the fuck out. Just, he's he's gonna go have fun. So good. I was sitting there with the bellboy. I was like, yo. This is insane. And he's like, yo, dog, every night, every night this happens. So good. That's actually really cool. It was so, so actually, tight. Do you want you want to hear a funny story about your time during National Treasure, doing the PA for National Treasure? Do I want to hear a story about yeah, my time? Yeah, because I have one. I have a story. <laughs> okay, sure, do it. So, Josh Agron is working in Center City. Sure. Working on National Treasure. This is around 2002, right? Yeah. I go with a bunch of work friends to a function where a temple has to be represented, so we're wearing our scrubs, and we're, you know, we have to go to a thing. We're walking to the thing. I forget what it was. It was downtown. And who should ride by on a bicycle but Mr. Josh Agron? And you then high-five me as you pass me by. And everybody who I was with doesn't know anything about anything else that I do. They're just work friends, right? So they're like, do you just know people in this city? And I was like, yes, I do. That's Philadelphia, man. Yeah, I was just saying, though. It was like <laughs> one of those weird moments where, where your high five exonerated me in the eyes of my coworkers who typically think I'm just this big, seething dork. And they're not wrong, if we're being honest with each other. Yeah, yeah but, but the assumption that because you're a dork, you don't know lots of people. Lots of dorks know lots of people. Yeah, well, I got a high five in front of all my bros at work, and they were yeah. like really hyped on me. I so. mean, listen, any time I have guests in my neighborhood, <laughs> and I'm walking from one place to another, and I know someone on the way, yeah. I goes, oh, you're the mayor here or some shit? And I'm like, I've just <laughs> lived here for like 15 years. I'm just saying, thank you. <laughs> 15 years later. <laughs> For hey, making me look you know, cool to ev- my coworkers. Ev- yeah. every, every time I'm in a scenario like that, someone says, like, what, are you the mayor? I'm like, yeah, no, I'm actually very important. 
You wouldn't know, but I'm actually quite. <laughs> you important. should see Liam in Collingswood. It's great. It's or, is that your is that where you're from? Dude? Uh, oh, I, he, my parents currently live. My parents li- currently live in Collingswood. Okay, all right. Liam but, uh, at the pub is like going to the pub with the mayor. Everything Josh is saying right now is a lie and true. No one in Collingswood remembers me anymore. <laughs> Literally, the only person in Collingswood, other than my parents, I still know, is an ex-girlfriend who moved there with her current husband, <laughs> who just happened to live a block from my parents' house. Right. That's it. I never That's see awesome. anyone I know in Collingswood. Oh, Collins actually, Club. Robin. I have two friends. Everyone I know who is in Collingswood are. Not Collingswood friends who were like, you know what? I hear's a cool place to live, Collingswood, New Jersey. Let's move there. Well, everyone so, loves Collingswood. It's weird. When everyone I was, gro- it. I wish it was cool when I was growing up. It was like not cool at all. Well, That's not how things here's happen. The thing. Here's the thing: when you move to Collingswood now, they give you a T-shirt with Liam's face on it. Oh my God! Hey, what other movie things? Let's keep going. <laughs> Josh is trying to derail the whole fucking yeah, podcast. They give you a blue. Okay, so check this out. Creed. I know, I know, right. you're, I know you want to show off for your friend. Okay, uh, but I need cute. you to take a chill pill. They give you a Blu-ray copy of Creed and then a T-shirt with Liam's so face. So what? On what? It. Okay, p- after National Treasure. So after National Treasure, uh, that was it. I, I, I kind of took this l- wrong turn in life in which I decided I wanted to. I was like, oh, I, w- I would be, a, I want to be an actor. So I decided to go back to Temple. Because I had taken time off from Temple to work on the movie. Mm. Uh, long story short, and then I how did you get the movie deal? Like, uh, how did you end up doing that? Through a friend who I knew through our friend Jeff Ziga. This girl, her mm. name is Malika Cohen, and she works for she at the time worked for Disney. Wow! And she was in L.A. working for the production. Came out and emailed a bunch of friends, and I was just basically the only one who went for it. <laughs> and I went in and I and I uh, I applied, I interviewed, and I got hired. And that was how right. it worked out. So yeah, but um. I went to Temple and I went back for, for for theater, which turned out to be not a good idea for me. No. But years later, which was last year, a friend of mine named Abby Bruley uh, hit me up and she thought I'd be the right fit to star in a movie that she did called Main Blessings, in which I played a British guy who wanted to be a priest. Did you who have had to, to deal with accent? Well, n- of course, that's the idea. Well, no, I mean, like, it just sounds a little ridiculous. I can't imagine you with a British accent. You got to do it. You got to do it right now. Yeah, good. Uh, listen, you got to do it right now. You got to do it right now, now. Josh, do it. Well, hold on. Let me let me finish. Say my biscuits are getting soggy. So and then it's uh, I'm starring opposite the famous punk Ted Leo. Ted Leo. And he plays Big a fan. And he plays a non-British priest who I'm trying to convince to be a priest. Is that good for you, boys? Oh is that really it's the accent you did? No, so bad. Actually, no, this is it right here. I played a lady. <laughs> Do you like it? Um, oh wait, Ted, Ted Leo, you mean Citizen's Arrest Ted Leo? The, the very one and only. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. You mean Animal Crossing? Has he done things after Citizen's Arrest? I don't know. Oh, uh, no. He's been I vegan. Heard, I heard he was in a short film with uh, uh, P.F. Tompkins. I'm into that. He, he was in a short film with Jay Agron. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, that's no, the, I know. the topic. But <laughs> P.F. So can you actually do your do your British accent? No, oh my God. I'm not doing that shit, dude. First of all, I you're do here to perform like a monkey. <laughs> dog. That's why you're here. Whoa. I prefer dog. I prefer like yeah. a dog. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Woof. No, that's good. That's good. So I feel like you should have like a cool like I I prefer to perform like a dog. And pee on the rug or something like mm. like okay. an action movie. Once yeah. I once I finish my one beer, well, you don't know what might happen. <laughs> I'll we bite the hand that feeds me. So so, how long did you work on that movie for? Uh, it it wasn't long. It was about two months of just practicing lines, trying to learn my accent. Like I yeah. really tried. I don't know how well I did. I haven't seen it yet. Is it's it still out in production? It's, oh, I don't. I'm not quite sure. 
I'm still waiting to hear from it, but you know. Because uh, you won't do it now, I'm going to assume you did a bad job. That's a fine assumption. <laughs> I'm not really a professional actor. But Wait, you know, how did Ted Leo get in it? Is he an actor? Is he a no? She just wanted Ted, so she contacted Ted through Instagram. I feel like that's a that could be a selling point. Like Ted Leo has a pretty rabid fan base, yeah. and it's it's pretty interesting because I feel like his fan base sort of covers. Like there are those of us who know Ted Leo is like. Yes, he has the pharmacists and whatever with Amy, and Amy Mann and yeah. whatever, whatever. But like, we also know that he was involved in like this other world. Mm. There are lots of people who like Ted Leo who have no idea. Like the, I call them the the people who aren't going to sing along for the cover crowd. Oh, well, he, you know, he's got a great personality and he's known for right. that. And he's and you know what? He looks like a fucking priest. He really does. No, he that's comes. Fair. That's how we no, dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, wore yeah, all yeah, black. Yeah. He had the shoes. He had the whole outfit. Wow. And the one thing I really wish was I had just. Done a Jewish accent instead. The the Eastern Euro New York Jew accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, like you my got family. That, you got that cornered. Because I could have done that no problem, and that would have <laughs> made me sound more annoyed. And that would have been really funny <laughs> for that role. You just do it like why is trying to be a. Like I just why want to be a priest. Jewish, yeah. <laughs> I, I know I'm Jewish, but I really want to be a Catholic priest. That's so good. No re- no reason not to. Yeah. Right? Hey, I'm just saying, man. Just There's saying. all types out there, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> Josh. Yes, sir. There's something we usually do at this point. Typically, what is it again? At this point in the, in the show, a thing that we, do. we do a segment that's called Whacking on Track. Oh, my God. We're so, so fucking good. good. It's so good. It's like. It's never not good. It's It really is like we say it's trademarked. And it really and should be. Yeah, you know, it's they should have us on other podcasts to do whacking on track. I was with I was with Andrew Welbrock, multiple yeah. contributor to the show and the website. Is this your whack? <laughs> no, he, he claims to have written two things, but I don't believe he it. He totally wrote two things, <laughs> but that's not important. We were talking about something, and someone was with us. I forget. And the lady that was with us was like, "Oh, is this whack?" And Andrew was like, "It's not on track." And we high fived. It was amazing. That was not a great story. Oh, it was a good story. Yeah, that yeah. was a fantastic story. That was story. a weak story. Oh. Yo, that was weak, son. <laughs> you know what? I didn't know that. that so that we're going to turn down the haterism on this here. So, recording. so, so, Agrid. <laughs> yes. As our guest, you get to either begin or end. Whack it on track. We have in the past offered the middle, but I retract that statement. Begin or end? Yeah. Um, I'll I'll uh, I'll end. How's that? Sounds oh. good to me. All Josh, right. would you like to begin, or would sure. you like? Me to begin, since you always never finish. I typically never think of everything right at the point. So um, I will go first, though, just so yeah, I ahead. can. Okay. So on track, I saw Spider-Man finally. Spider-Man. Spider-Man with my man, Josh A. Graham. That's oh, me. It was, you guys went together for Spider-Man. We did. We went to Norma's oh, for sure. uh, some Middle Eastern uh, noms. And in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Cherry Hill, New Jersey. It was and lovely. It was a good time. And then we went to see Spider-Man. And I got to say, I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I love loved it. I don't think it's my favorite Marvel movie. It was fun. It was a it fun was movie. Really fun. Yeah, movie, I totally though. had a great time. We yeah. had a blast. The food was great. The movie was pretty great. It's a good time. Pretty great. Good time overall. Yeah. But uh, I will say I do see the. Uh, oh, it's like a John Hughes movie with a superhero interjected. Yep. And uh, I, I related so hard to the fat Filipino friend. Yep. Oh my god. Well, and I, I it just, was almost like I watching just, a horror movie. I just related. I mean, I get it. Like it, in the old school Spiderman comics, uh-huh. you know, Peter Parker's from like what Queens or yeah. he's from Queens. Yeah, I think yeah, 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 he's from he's Queens. From Queens. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. where he's from in Queens, it's a lot of white people. Right. So of course, like it sounded like a British accent. White people. 
There's a lot of Watt people. Like Watt people. And uh, and so it makes sense. You're hired. It makes sense that his whole world is like is this white. homogenous white. But I like yeah. that they're like, okay, well now we're going to put him more in this context, yeah. and we're going to have him have friends who have color. And there are people <laughs> who are like there were actually people who were like, oh, I can't believe that made Flash Thompson Hispanic so offensive. And I'm like. Why have you been to these neighborhoods in New York? Like they're not actually teeming with a million blonde hair, blue eyed kids. Yeah. Like that's not this actually how it By is. By the way, I had a real problem with them eating larb in that one scene. <laughs> like so who the fuck goes up for larb? Yeah, like that's raw it's, meat. Uh, Come it's on, so weird. It's weird. But that said, the scene when when the his friend is like the hat's not working. We have to go. I really think I might have uttered those exact sure. words. No, yeah, totally. And it really hurt. Oh, like it was the, the, his, yeah. his, his chubby friend. at the party, and, he, and he's like, Anytime I think working. of you in a hat, it's just actually <laughs> painful for Pretty me. Pretty tragic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, but overall, I really thought Michael Keaton was awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought that the subtle hints to Shocker and, you know, the Sinister Six and all that stuff, I thought that was really cool. Um, I thought Spider-Man was very well-casted. Yeah. And uh, he's exactly what I had imagined. Well, you know what was a little weird, though? Just like a little bit of a thing. Yeah. That right in the beginning, coming back to this British accent, the actor, I think his name's Tom Holland, right? He's Mm -hmm. British. So he says, Hello, everyone. Well, welcome to the film. (laughs) And thank you for coming out. And it's like, it's a little off putting when you hear him speaking a British accent. Did you have that when you saw it? It's before the film. It's him. No. What are you even talking about? Before the film, it's Tom Holland in like a screen, like with. No. And he's like, Hello, mates. No. Welcome to our show. No. Man. First, first of all, I've heard he's, him speak, and he doesn't sound like he a fucking s- chimney sweep. <laughs> he doesn't sound like Dick Van Dyke. He's got <laughs> a cool chimney. accent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, oi. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> oi, oh, you fuckers. Welcome to the movie. <laughs> All right, mate. Come on in, mate. No, he does have an accent, and I do think it's funny, though. Like, um, It's weird. This is a thing right? that's happening right now, that a lot of roles in the U.S. are going to British actors. Right. I'm sure if I was a working actor, maybe I'd be concerned. I'm not, so fuck you. What do I care? <laughs> but uh, but it, it does happen a lot. And in some cases, it is a little weird when it's like a very... Like, I think for Peter Parker, he seems great. He was great. Mm. But if you're like from a very specific... Like, let's say it's a movie set in L.A. Or yeah. L.A. Louisiana. And it's like a very specific kind of culture. Right. And then the whole cast is British. It is yeah, a little weird. Like a little You couldn't find anyone from the area who like knows what's going on in this movie. Like yeah. I kind of get that concern a little bit. For Spitterman, who cares? I mean, yeah. they could have cast anybody. Well, I, I mean, that know. kid just fit the role. He's yeah. so yeah. good. He's, He's good. so good. He's really good. He's certainly better than... Who was the last asshole who did uh, it? James Andrew Gar- Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Oh James Garfield. God. The president, James Garfield. Yeah. Good job. You might have heard of him. I never, yeah, I never saw that Spider-Man, but oh, I did watch dude. Hacksaw Ridge, which was ridiculous. Was it good? Oh. I mean, in a in, no. I mean, it was fun in a bad in way. a bad, in a bad it's way. It's so bad, right? Wow, it's just so bad. Anyway, I don't want right. to talk about Josh. Off I know track. you have a so million. I, on no, track, no, I got so. more. I got more. Um, so so that was on track. I saw um, last night. I watched the Hitman's Bodyguard, starring um, Samuel Jackson and Ryan Reynolds. Sure, is it funny? It's it's fine. Okay. Do you want to see an action movie? Yeah. Then oh, yeah. the Hitman's... Bo- okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's great. That's nice. Salma Hayek's in it. Um, oh, she's the girl who played Elektra in the Daredevil season two was in it. Never saw that. That's oh, cool. yes. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a fine movie. Wait, who is the bodyguard? Who is the Hitman? Was it Samuel uh, L. Jackson? Sam, is, Sam Jackson is the Hitman. He... Uh, they. 
what's his name? Gary Oldman plays a dictator from like this Balkan country, and he's on trial for these war atrocities. Samuel Jackson's the only person who can finger him, and in order to get him to the trial, Ryan Reynolds has to ensure his safety, like a security, AAA security thing. And then hijinks ensue. And oh, it's basically Midnight Run, but with Deadpool and Captain Nick Fury. Okay, all right. So it was fine. It wasn't the so best. it's a fun time. It's a fun time. You're not going to think about it 20 minutes after you see it, but it's not the worst movie you'll see either. Mm. I, on my whack list, I saw uh, Wind River, which is the new movie by the guy who directed oh, Color High Water. Yeah, 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 yeah. A yeah. lot of people love this movie. I will say. I heard great things about it. I fucking hated it. You didn't like Hell or High Water either, though, right? No, I loved Hell or High Water. Oh, there was so Okay. I loved Hell or High Water. I don't know who Chris Pine's eyes are so beautiful. Okay, so why didn't you like this movie? So the story of the movie is this. This dude is a tracker in an Indian reservation. <coughs> he tracks <clears throat> like lions that kill other like livestock in the area, like goats sure, and shit. Yeah. So he protects farms. He's part of the EPA, like this dude. Native American. He, Native American, sorry. My bad. That's come the issue on, that dog. I had. That's my issue. No, I was just thinking about it out loud. So here's what happens. So you got he's he's tracking these animals and then he finds a dead girl who's 19 years old, happens to be friends with his deceased daughter who died three years prior. And the the dead female is Native American, goes to her dad and the dad's like, find who did this to my daughter. Now, all of this is Jeremy Renner is the main guy. You mean to tell me that on a Native American reserve? Your best tracker is Hawkeye from the Avengers. It has this whole white messiah thing going on. You have this indigenous people, and they can't solve their own problems until this outsider comes in, who is somehow integrated in the society. He's a white dude. It's, it's, it's probably like, because of all like the fire Tarzanism. water. Josh. It is such a bummer because. But you're not counting all the fire water. That's part it's of true. the problem. It's true. It's yeah. true. They they even have a character in there who's like. Oh, well, drugs are his family now. And he's like, you know, uh, and it's just it's so fucked up that uh, I mean, oh, sorry, <laughs> that about was that. Totally not Liam. That but, was um, on track. <laughs> I don't know. I it, The movie, it, it looked beautiful. I thought that the narrative was really I mean, how are you going to pay so much attention to everything, but then still be central, like not sensitive Listen, to the man, cultural aspects that of just movie? that reminds me of. Last summer when I went to go see Tarzan with my dad, my dad is in his 70s and he grew up loving Tarzan. And I didn't think about it until I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, holy shit, this is one of those fucking white person is the savior of a bunch of brown people movies. It is almost entirely like like, Tarzan is almost the apex of that narrative. (laughs) It is 100%. You know who rules the jungle? A white, white guy <laughs> who just happened to be left there as a baby. Who can't I mean, grow a beard? How does he not grow a fucking beard? How is he always yeah, clean shaven? It's weird. Anyway. It's it's the the Tarzan thing is so funny to me too because it's like, look, if he was like a normal white person, he would be civilized like the rest of us. But he, against his will, was left in the jungle. So of course he became king of the jungle because right. that's what white that's people what do. White they people just become king of wherever they're left. To the top, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. All of the and not just of the humans either. Animals also were like. Oh, we've never experienced a white person before. I guess you're our king now. Yeah, uh, dog. That's some know. bullshit. It's just it that's all. That's that's and, whack. And that's the thing. Like, I feel bad being that way because I talked to other reviewers and they're like, I loved it. It's the greatest thing I've seen this year. And it's just like, yo, dog, really? Like, how? Well, I mean, we need to. We, uh, if anyone needs to do this, we need to be the ones to do this to say that like the movie might actually be great and you could still have a problem with it. Like, yeah, being, being 
closed-minded about a certain thing or being non-inclusive or being i don't want to say racist but but enforcing a cultural assumption that's tied to racism right. doesn't keep you from being a great artist i mean when all those french people were obsessed with birth of a nation mm-hmm. right it, they didn't actually get how obviously racist it was yeah. they thought the filmmaking was interesting and we can, can now look back and go oh both these things are true this right. was a cinematic achievement and horribly racist now i'm <laughs> not saying that wind river is horribly racist but it does enforce a certain this, image of whiteness it doesn't necessarily make it a bad movie but i think it's okay for us to say yo you know what like you might like that but for me it doesn't make me feel yeah. okay the same way that like there are movies. I mean, we've talked about this. I like movies like by Gaspar Noé, like things like Irreversible, where I'm yeah. like, no, can't do it because of yeah. these things. But this movie, as far as like this weird cultural insensitivity goes, the only Native American characters with any agency are the parents of the dead young lady, sure. and like in this, the dude's just sad, and the mom's trying to kill herself. And then there's another Native American character who's the cop, and he's more of like a comic relief, bumbling character. It was like, yo, what the fuck are you guys doing, man? Like, sure. I just didn't understand, like, why that was the way it was. And then you have um, Elizabeth Olsen is the FBI agent who helps sure. Jeremy Renner catch the killer of this young lady. And it's just like, dude, it's and then the, the, the scene ends, the movie ends. Spoiler, he gets the guy. The movie ends with him talking to the father of the young lady. and He has fucking war paint on. And Jeremy Renner's like, what's the paint for? Which... I mean, on so many levels, it's just like, what are you fucking doing, man? Ah, bummer. It's so. it's it's just frustrating because I think that, um, unfortunately, one of the voices that doesn't get taken seriously in conversations that we're having right now around diversity and representation, all these things, is is Native American. Like you don't hear that much in certain contexts. You do, but in the national conversation, there's they're not represented as much as as I would like. Yeah. So I'm sure a movie like that is not going to get that kind of scrutiny because there aren't that many sort of uh, well, Native the- American voices in, in criticism. And it's also hard because, you know, uh, it's it's sort of like when you talk about uh, Latinx representation, mm-hmm. it's a huge diverse community too. Like we can sit here and be like, oh, also how you represent Native Americans. But actually there is no such one thing as, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a whole nation of people and people go all kinds of different directions with the same thing with Latinx. Like mm. when you're talking about all the different communities in Latin America, that's actually a lot so of many. different communities, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's hard sometimes to talk about representation because for in American context, a lot of European identity gets mm. boiled down to white, which becomes just one thing, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so it's yeah, easier yeah. to see like, Oh, that's the white guy and that's fine. Mm. And you say, Oh, that's a native American guy. Okay, you're gonna need to be a little more, or th- yeah. you know, we have a la- we have a Latin guy, you know, Latin guy, Latin girl. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, well, where you know, the, well, that dude's Cuban. That's a yeah. white Cuban dude. So actually, <laughs> that's not quite representation, or yeah. you know what I mean? It's, like, yeah, no. there's there's a lot of complications. Well, th- there. Let me just drop a bomb on this conversation real quick. Do it. Oh my Do god. It. Um, I'm part Native American. Okay. That's about all I got. <laughs> that's, uh, that's actually not helpful at all, but I appreciate that. Especially no, no, I, but that's the thing. Is I like, I say my that. French no, Canadian I would, friend. Well, no, the, the, the whole point of bringing it up is I would people I would say that, and I had no clue what actual Native American tribe. Right, right. And it turns out my it was my mom is from Quebec, and her great grandma or her grandmother is Inuit. Whoa. Oh yeah, sure. Wow. That's and insane. so and yeah, I, I did didn't I didn't know that specific you know thing until a couple years ago. That's a thing. So, do you have another thing? Because you always have have one more. Okay. I saw an on-track movie called Step. 
Sup with that. It is a documentary about a leadership girls high school in Baltimore. And this group is graduating and they had founded, they were in the same school from like sixth grade on. And in their sixth grade year, they founded a step group of like, you know, stepping. You know what stepping is? No, I've never heard of it. It's uh, Yes, I know what stepping oh, is. Oh, have you? <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Everybody has. Well, yeah. why don't you explain it to someone like me who has this no idea what you're talking about? You really, uh, oh, you don't know? Like a step team? Yeah, like yeah, a step team. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't so know. So it's, uh, it's uh, like a dance troupe. But they, uh, it's it's more geared towards like a very percussive. <sighs> yeah, you you you're making the beat with your feet and your yeah, hands yeah, and all this yeah, stuff, yeah. and it's like a lot of yelling, and it's yeah. very. I associated like stomp I, like yes, that whole thing. thing. Yeah, but, but it's like yeah. coordinated, it's like cool. stomp. It, it tends to involve like tap stuff. This is more like court, like a group coordinated. I yeah. actually associate a lot with um, with the black Greek life tradition. Right. So yeah. certain fraternities and sororities in that world mm-hmm. will have sometimes like world-renowned step teams that just yeah. like they go out and they do their thing and it's a whole show you know yeah so this movie was a documentary about the final year of these these ladies that were graduating and then this, this is their last competition mm-hmm. and um a lot of it was a really well-made documentary movie like it was really interesting to see the personalities of the girls sure. on the team come out and all that stuff and they're all reaching for like getting into college that's like the main thing aside from the step thing but then they have to go up against like the last contest where they always lost, and so it's like their last time going in, and like there's all these tensions. It was a really, really interesting and eye-opening movie, especially as a person as myself that like you know not from Baltimore, not a female, you know, not you know, not a stepper. It was pretty interesting to see this this microcosm to see like the the, the to see how it generated yeah, throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was a really good movie. I thought it was oh. really fun, very interesting documentary. That is my last entree. Are you finally done? Oh, so done. Usually what happens is he cuts me off midway through. Oh, yeah. Wait, one more thing. No, I'm There's a lot <laughs> of cutting off going on in this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no. most of the cutting off I'm fine with, it's that I'll be like, okay, let me think. So I had one, and he'll be like, wait, wait, wait. And it's Ooh. this is actually becoming my least favorite part of the podcast, and this is why. Wow. <laughs> Josh doesn't have a baby. This is whack. And yeah. he lives in the city. It's true. And so that's his, same with me. That's his whacking on track is always like, is like hours huge. Long. Yeah. And then I'm like, because my life and then is dope. Like and I literally, dope literally. Shit, so. And here's my whacking on track. Uh, I went to war for the planet of the apes by myself. Finally, Baby the movie came out like a month ago. Couple episodes of I went, I went by myself and it was, it was cool. I liked it. I haven't been to a show since okay, my baby it. was born. It was great. Don't, no, but that's true. <laughs> how, old's your, how old's your baby, Liam? Uh, she's about to be seven months. Oh, she's almost seven months old. That's so, so nice. But it has been. I mean, like tonight, uh, no time from Pittsburgh is uh. playing uh, at some place, some punk house. I don't know where it is because right. I don't know any punk houses anymore. And I really want to go see them. They're a great band. They're playing with other great bands. And I, after this podcast, will just drive home because I gotta get home and I got work in the morning and it's like a whole thing. <laughs> so and and I let, let's be clear, it's not just like the baby. Like I don't want to discourage if you're thinking of having kids. It's not like that. It's a combo of the baby plus work is just really intense right yeah, now. Yeah, you've been working. Way plus hard. I do have like three podcasts and a podcast network and a website that i'm right so it's not like i'm not busy with other things besides the baby but it is true when it comes to like going out at night it's yeah. harder harder with the baby but then also harder when i have to like really execute on a bunch of stuff the next day boo fucking who <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> you guys <laughs> you know what hey, i love hey, hey hold on hold on let me just ask you a question who fucking cares <laughs> 
<laughs> you're the goddamn worst. <laughs> so what else? What, was on this track is that you this is hey, this is what I'm I, just joshing you, buddy. <laughs> this is what will inevitably happen when I'm, this happens, right? Because this is now like the third time this happens. <laughs> when this happens, we'll get some people. Tweeting or commenting at us like, "Aha, yeah, fuck Liam. Ah, I love it when you make then, fun of Liam." And then inevitably, I'll get at least one, sometimes as many as five people, like, "Hey, man, that was really mean when Josh said that to you. Are you are you okay?" And I'll be like, and in my head, I go, "Yeah, I'm okay." But what I actually say is, "No, nah, man, I'm really fucking I'm fucking pissed, man. Yeah, fucking he's Josh, always disrespecting me." But honestly, it's not true. I don't. Fuck I could. I've never actually been. I only joke because I love. <laughs> I love. I love. I say jokes. all that. I say all that to say. That my only thing, whack or on track, is actually I did see War for the Planet of the Apes. Was it good? Finally, I just had a night where I was just... I, I heard had it was a, good. I had a tough week, and it was really busy, and I was just like, baby, I'm going to go by myself to go see a movie. And she was like, all right, go ahead. So I went right. and saw it. I really liked it. I think... Well, okay. to be fair, you love the Apes franchise. Let's be clear. I love the Ape movies, but that actually is a tough thing for the new Ape movies, because I love the old Ape movies so much. And I know a lot of people who like the new Ape movies think the old Ape movies are shitty, and those people can die. But uh, <laughs> I no, but I, I actually think the new franchises. I think the new franchise has been pretty good. Yeah, I've enjoyed um, all the movies so far. Yeah, I don't think any of them are perfect, but I think they're pretty good. And the new one, I also think is pretty good. There's parts of it I don't love, mm. but I mean Woody Harris Woody Harrelson is great. Yeah, I he, think, he's pretty much always great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I mean, great. he's he's, he's, awesome. he's just awesome. Fine, and then fine, I think fine, Andy fine. Andy Circus needs to win something. It's just so he's been oh. killing it as a. Doing all this like motion capture acting, which is like a kind of a new thing to be doing yeah. it, the way he's doing it, and he gets no respect. And I'm like, what he's doing Who is does new. He circus play is he is he Caesar or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he's oh, been wow. Caesar in all three movies. And he played you know? Gollum. Yeah, yeah. And what else? Uh, he's like oh, he's the guy that they go to for, for the motion. Oh yeah, capture. he was yeah. King Kong. Not that that was a great <laughs> role for him, <laughs> but uh, but he's great as Caesar. I actually think he's really amazing as Caesar. I think all the apes in the movie. The CGI has just reached a point where they're amazing. There's no part of it where I'm like, that looks stupid, or this part doesn't work. Like, yeah. it's always good the whole movie long. We've made it. Yeah, we're at that point in history. I think the where I Apes think movies will. It just no looks fear awesome. No fear. Yeah. No fear. Uh, I don't know that all the themes work. Like, I think part of the problem is um, the the way that these movies work. They kind of are all assuming that the theme of the apes movies is that the apes are oppressed by humans, mm -hmm. and so that's what we're sort of establishing. But actually, that's later. The first apes movie, right, mm. is not about like. So one of the other things that I hear in discussion a lot is like that this apes movie, which I don't think is wrong. It's probably pretty accurate. But the idea is that this movie is in some way related to racism and Black Lives Matter, and that mm. there's this whole racial aspect to it, which, of course, makes people uncomfortable because it's like, well, are the apes supposed to be black people? That's yeah. very awkward. And then they tie that into the whole series. But actually, the original Apes movie wasn't about race at all. And I keep mm. hearing people who are less familiar. And I, and by people, I don't mean random people on Twitter. I mean, you mean film Twitter. Big people. No, I mean like like actual critics who get paid are like, you know, the, the Apes films have always had an aspect of race to them. And I'm like... No, no, no. Not till the fourth fucking Apes movie. The first Apes movie is clearly about evolution because yeah. it's about religious dogma in which the apes are being told that they came from humans and they're mm -hmm. like, no, that's clearly wrong. And yeah. so it's like, you know, in my mind, 
a sort of uh, uh, satire of the evolution debate, and not about only evolution, it's about science and religion as a whole, right. but that's the theme, is about religion and science, and I think that continues on. There's a little bit of 60s counterculture stuff in the third movie, mm. but it isn't clearly a metaphor for race and class struggle until, until the fourth the film, and the fourth film is so intense that it justifies it. I, no one who saw the fourth film who was thinking about that was like, I'm so offended that the apes are like oppressed people, because You've been with the series so long, it's clear that it's not just about black folks. It's right. about Oppressed the idea people. of yeah. exploiting people because you're afraid of them. Mm. And so the apes are being exploited because humans fear them. Right. And so they're just being like totally like and then then the movie is so rage filled and so much about rebellion, no one was like, Oh, I'm anxious with the metaphor. Right. But with war, I do think the people who made the film had some of that on their mind, yeah. and that's awkward. It's awkward to see slave uh, to see slave apes. It's awkward right. to see a work camp of apes. Like there's something about it that I could see being a little bit awkward, but I think the film still works overall if you keep in mind that it's not just about that. It's about war broadly construed. It's about right. humans broadly construed. I think honestly, there's too much focus on our current tense racial climate in relation to war for the planet of the apes. I think it's there, but I don't think it's all that's going on in the movie. Well, but that's one of those things that is inevitable, right? You know, no matter what you do, It's just going to be brought up by someone, yeah, it's, and it may or may not be true. It is, yeah. I don't think it's unfair, and I, do I think it's seen there. This movie, by the way, oh, so it's I can't it's say. And, and like I said, I think it's mostly good, but I think what the movie's doing is it's creating so much sympathy for the apes without really making it clear what the future is. So mm-hmm. if these apes are going to eventually become, so this is considered a prequel to the ape films, right? Mm-hmm. But there's actually two timelines in the ape films. There's the first apes movie in which the apes like hunt humans and humans are victims of the apes and then there's the when by the time you get to the fifth film you're actually in the same timeline as the first film but things have changed now the apes are trying to coexist with the humans so the question is is are these movies going to lead to the coexistence Mm -hmm. plot or to the oppression plot and they're never going to answer that question they don't have to they're just like that was three movies about apes we're done yeah moving on with our lives which is great but i think that's partly when i hear people talk about the complicated nature of the narrative it's because the film never makes it clear what the future is all that happens is the apes get away from this one situation what's the future of the planet they don't care the movie doesn't care Mm. but because of it's part of a series it doesn't exist on its own people are reading into it like oh this is saying that eventually oppressed people will oppress the oppressors and i'm like well not necessarily you're assuming that this movie is going to lead to the first apes film but that's not clear. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of, in other words, this film is suffering a little bit because it has subtext that is not part of the film. But right. because it's part of a giant franchise, people are inevitably going to read that subtext into the film regardless of what the director intended. It doesn't make it a bad movie, but I think knowing that... focus a little bit Well, I think knowing and... that he maybe should have done something to address the subtext because people yeah. are reading it in whether he intended it or not. So whatever. Overall, I liked it. Cool. But that's like one of those things where just to yeah. kind of like a little addendum to that. Sure. Why would you remake Tarzan in 2017? <laughs> no, yeah, seriously. Like why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, it makes like, no sense. Hey, makes you know, no War of the Planet of the Apes, that's been, they started remaking those right. a long time ago at this right. point. And, right. you know, but 
it's like there's so many other things you could have done. Right. Yeah. You know, like with all that money, with all that money yeah. and all the, uh, you know, so much money in the Tarzan too. And, all that. And, and really it's like, oh, we're going to rebrand the dude from True Blood. This is how we're going to rebrand yeah. the dude from Come True on. Blood. No, that didn't yeah, work for you He's still the all. dude from True Blood and we still don't know his name. No, so. Skarsgård, I assume. Yeah. Isn't everyone from that country named Skarsgård? <laughs> That's a cool name. I mean, I think his name really is Skarsgård. I'm not wrong. I just <laughs> don't know his first Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. He's so, not Peter. I know he's not Peter Skarsgård. Or Stellan. No. Or yeah. Stellan Skarsgård. Right, right. Wrong Skarsgård. All right. So, yeah. is this Wait, my turn now? Hold yes, on. Are there, is there turn. anything whack that you have? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. No whack? No whack? Well, because I haven't gotten to do that much. So, it's yeah. literally like that's my one thing I really got to do recently. I'm going to say keep that PMA, son. Yeah, man. Holla. There you go. Holla. Joshua. Okay, so uh, whack and on track. Right. So I guess I'll start with my on track. So I spent the past couple of days in New York City with my lovely girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She was doing some work, and I just spent some time with her. And that was it. You know, cool. I went. I had like a perfect New York day that with that just started with our good my good friend from Affirmative Action Jackson Andy. He told me he said you guys had a meal together. We did. We had a meal, and then I met up with my brother who works in Washington Square Park. Oh, wow. And then I walked over to the Russian-Turkish spa in the east, on the east side, spent a couple hours there schwitzing, and then I uh, had some food with, with my girlfriend later and just walked around the beautiful city on a beautiful day. Did you go to Rice to Riches that uh, we had previously discussed? No. I didn't remember. Oh, see? I was walking around. I had, my one, up, I had my one hitter with me, so I wasn't thinking too much. <laughs> Ah. And um, what else? <laughs> that was really on, on track. track. Sounds also good. on track. To m- tonight, I'm going to the shore. I'm going to Cape May, New Jersey. Ah. I am so jealous. This mm. summer, I haven't gone to the shore at all, and I'm really jealous. It's the shit, dude. I know. I'm going Saturday. I got some cousins coming down. We're going to do a thing a couple days. Which, which Cape May Beach are you going? Are you going to Whale Beach? Oh, I don't know. without I, the boardwalk? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. You mean, it, what, what, like Cape May, the, there's the like Cape a, May Point? Yeah, there's the beaches down there that don't have a boardwalk, so there's no one there. So you just sit on this beautiful beach by yourself. Well, there's the, Whale there's, Beach is the one that I went to. Uh, great. Well, I mean, my parents have a house there, so that's what we're doing. Oh, snap. All right. So we've been Killing doing that. I, I, got, I, got I got it all set up. You there. already been had. Been had then. As far as whack, I got to just say it. Like last night, I got home from New York, and I was having, I was just like feeling good for my day, but then... I just, you know, the the news from Charlottesville yeah. and with Dude. Trump and the whole thing. I literally was I was in my bed at three o'clock in the morning, restless, thinking about a nuclear explosion happening. I mean, that's yeah. about as yeah. whack as it gets. Yeah, it doesn't get. Much and I, I know it's it's just that. like the looming thing. And I really wish I could have been there to march with my friends yesterday. Right. City yeah. Hall. They were marching on, yeah. on City Hall. But uh, it seemed yeah. like it was a good I mean, let's say on track. It seemed like a really good turnout. So yes. I appreciate that. Indeed. But the fact that we're at this fucking point, I mean, that's part of the thing. Like, it's interesting because before I had this job. Things like that were things that were like out in the world, yeah. and now it's like this is now part of the fabric of like my job. Like yeah. I, we have to talk about like, okay, what would we do if someone wanted to have something here at our school? Well, we're a private school, so we can tell them not to come on campus if we want. Right, right, but right. like, you know what I mean? Like those sorts of questions. Like, how are students going to respond? Like, are 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 there going to be students who will like are siding with the alt-right and how are we going to respond to that or how are our students going to feel who feel victimized by that and you know what i mean so like it's like part of the fabric of the work i do now and that's like great in some ways to have something that significant but it can be super scary yeah 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 yeah. in in the sense of like not scary like i'm worried for myself but it's scary in that this is really important but it's also not 
Like, how do I help students deal with these very important things while also helping them still remain committed? Like, Lafayette is a sort of school where, like, you know, like some schools, maybe you could just get into activism and, like, mm. the fact that you're not taking your classes seriously isn't that big a deal. And Lafayette's the kind of place where, like, everyone has to take their classes seriously all the time or it's not going to go well for you. It's like right. a very intense school, but they're also just as committed, not to everybody, but certain aspects. students yeah. are just as committed to, like, changing the world and so like how do i encourage them to do both without burning them like i literally yeah. think about some of my students and i think you need to calm down or else you're gonna burn out like yeah. so it's just like seeing that they're not even here yet school hasn't started yet and i'm already like i'm so worried about these students <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking heavy yeah man, yeah, yeah, man. that's a lot of stuff to deal with right okay now. now to lighten lighten it up a bit i'm gonna say another on track thing real quick i okay. just thought of Go ahead. last week i saw that movie which the big sick Oh, excellent movie. Great movie. Really funny. Yeah. Kumail Nanjani. Yeah. And uh, Zoe Kazan. It was awesome. And, I uh, want to see it so bad. I want to see it so bad. It has the funniest 9-11 joke I've ever heard in that movie. It's <laughs> good so transition. good. Just saying, the joke is so, it comes out of nowhere, and when it hits you, it's so fucking funny. Remind, remind the audience. When, when Ray Romano is having dinner, or having cafeteria lunch with, uh, oh, with Kumail, yeah. and he's yes. just like, so, 9-11. <laughs> I was like, "What?" He's like, "Well, I didn't have a chance to talk about it with people." <laughs> oh, it wasn't the joke. It was just oh, that but then part. the joke comes. I'm just not going to tell. So Liam, because Liam hasn't seen it yet. So mm, oh, fair I really need to see it. I really need it's to see so it. good. Yeah. Did you you like the movie? Yeah. No. It's a, it was an. It was not my whack. Is my on track. Yeah. No. It was a great movie. What else is whack? I got to think of more. Fun. You guys went on forever. I got. I don't know if what, what, we're what only can fifty-five I say? minutes in. It's fine. That's yeah. it. All right. Jesus, are I we know. really fifty-five we minutes in? 55. This is all your fault. I know. It's all my fault. Sorry. All right. So yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm a pretty simple dude. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, so when we talked to you about being on, um, you were like, "Let's do." possession movies right yes demonic yeah. possession demonic movies. possession movies and i appreciate that i think um a lot you know it's interesting because when you said the exorcist people would then think exorcism movies but actually there are plenty of demonic possession movies that don't have exorcisms in no. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally and yeah granted two of our movies did have exorcisms in them, right. in them, but I think one of those movies did not need the exorcism. That <laughs> Absolutely did not need completely it. superfluous yeah, 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 yeah. to the movie uh <laughs> and was literally like some guy being like, "Yo, I sold the Exorcist." Yeah, let's do let's that. Let's do that. Yeah, it, you must That's be talking so about dope. Beyond Darkness. Yes, one hundred percent. They were trying to, to throw a lot of things into that. So, movie. Oh my yeah. God. so Josh chose The Exorcist, which is the cl- I feel like it's the Cadillac it of is, demonic. Well, I chose movies. two because I was being selfish. I chose <laughs> The Exorcist and The Conjuring. The Conjuring. And the we only reason was we be- didn't watch The Conjuring. But I didn't watch The Conjuring. conjuring. I've, I've seen, seen it. We can talk about it if you want. But we're all supposed to pick one movie, so right. fuck you. Okay, fine. Fuck me. But I'm going to still talk <laughs> okay, about it, because fuck you. Me. We'll have it as the subtext. <laughs> Let me much, take that fuck much, you and throw it right much, back to Much you. like Planet of the Apes 4 is the subtext for War for the Planet of the Apes, The Conjuring will be the subtext for our movie discussion. Right, right, As right. we discuss The Exorcist, chosen by Josh Agron. Yes. Beyond uh, Darkness. Beyond Darkness, chosen by Joshua Alvarez. And, and Shock, Shock a.k.a. AKA behind the Door 2. Chosen by moi. Be- beyond the Door or be- be- Behind? I think it's beyond the door. I thought it was beyond the door, but I don't know because I've never seen Beyond the Door one, so I don't know. Mm. No, I don't even fucking know. We're gonna look it up. (laughs) So we're gonna take a little break. Best podcast ever. When we come back, we will discuss demonic possession movies with Josh Aker.
And we're back. So, and we're back. Can you? So, Josh, why did you choose demonic possession movies as the topic of your episode? Well, okay. I mean, you asked me about um, the, the 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 nice fellow who did City of Lost Children and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. interested in that. But when I sat down and thought about it, I remembered that demonic possession movies have a very special place in my history. And that when I was 11 years old, my dad. Wait, uh, wait, hold on. Let me preface this by the idea that Josh and I also had dinner prior to. Remember that me and Melani went to Terakawa and you and Ziggy were there. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we had dinner with you and you're like, well, we're going to talk about possession movies. It's going to be great. And I was like, yeah. And then you were like, because I have a story about possession. Well, let me talk. I know, but then, I, and then you're going to tell us? <laughs> are, you, are you are you joking right now? Are you not even going to let me finish? Because it sounds like you're not. And Josh was like, I'm going to say Wait a minute. Exactly. You cut him off while he was telling the story that you just ruined by the pre-gaming story is great, the story. Though. The story is great, though. And Josh was like, I'm going to save it for the show. You're a fucking monster right Doug, now. Doug, I don't even know how to, how to interact with Dude, this. Dude, it's so good. I've been waiting all week for this. Go on. Well, this isn't... But you... Oh, listen, God. man. You're, you're gumming you me up. You are the bro. worst. Right, That's not what you do. You don't cut people off. <laughs> That's man. not what you do. You are, the, you are the worst podcast. College ever. boy. Let me hear. I apologize well, to, the off, to the audience and to our guest. I apologize. All right. Well, I thank you for that. All right. No, that's not my story, <laughs> but I was talking about. Right. But I'll tell you why I wanted to do this. Okay. My story reasoning was because when I turned uh, 11 years old, uh, my dad had me watch The Exorcist. At 11. And, you know, being Jewish, my father thought the movie was a great movie and pretty funny, is what he told me. And he was like, oh, look, it's a great movie. And, you'll, you know, I thought it was pretty funny. I went to see it. My mother used to be a Catholic. And so her brothers and sisters wow. are all Catholic from northern Quebec. So he was like, oh, we saw it back when it came out. And your uncle Raymond was just, like, screaming in his chair. And he's like this tough, uh, you know, lumberjack type guy. From Quebec, and my dad's just like Jew lawyer from Philadelphia, and he's just like, "Oh, what? It's not that scary. It's hilarious. Like, you know, they're throwing up and blah blah blah." I watch <laughs> it, and it scared the living fuck out of me. Obviously, really? oh my god, it's brutal. It's an insane yeah. movie to watch as 11, a eleven years, years old. old. It's not the, the movie you want to see. No, it is though. That was so uh, visceral, and it sure. stayed yeah. in my mind yeah. in my body for like thirty days at least. After that, I will never forget. I couldn't be in a bed. You know, it was just such an intense experience right. that, I, that stayed with me. And that is still one of my favorite movies of all time. All time. Hence why I wanted to talk about it. And I also just like the, the genre. I just enjoy watching those kinds of movies. So you just like demon possession movies as a genre. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously there hasn't been one that's as good as Exorcist to me. But, but they're still a fun time. And I love watching a movie. Like I typically try to watch these movies by myself while high at three in the morning because that's like the witching hour or whatever. Right. That's you know? the time to do so, it. And that's, you know, I work at a bar, so I'm always up that time anyway. So I'm like, right. yeah, let's just do this. You know, that's I figured it'd be fun. I do a little research and, and, and in my research, I was watching a movie that wasn't on the list called the exorcism of Emily Rose. And I'll tell you the story I was talking about. Right. So I'm watching this movie, as I said, around three o'clock in the morning, while, the witching hour. while high on a certain substance. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Something falls from the ceiling. No. And it made a sound near the television. And I just kind of, I, I tried to brush it off, but I couldn't. So I blasted on all the lights and I looked around. I'm looking around the place and I, and then all of a sudden I see this fucking cockroach, this fucking big, about an inch and a half long. <gasps> and it's, and it's crawling on this, this painting, this, this picture frame that my, I live with my cousin. Right. 
she loves Jesus, Mary kind of uh, artwork, not religious, but just for the look. Right. Sure. And Velvet she had posters. It, yeah, yeah. And she exactly there is one of those. Yeah. So mm. she it's crawling on this fucking Mary uh, fucking painting, and which is it, while watching an exorcism of Ohio made me go, holy fucking shit. <laughs> This girl, I think the scene where the girl was eating bugs just happened. Oh, so I'm like, yes. fuck. I was just like, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> and then I, so I go into to the, uh, to the, to, <laughs> I go to the kitchen and grab a piece of paper to try to like knock it down and get it. The motherfucker starts flying across oh, the fucking room. It's like, <laughs> and it it's flies like over to tropical Johns. Dude. Well, no, apparently turns out it's just all of them do that at a certain temperature. Anyway. Oh. So this guy flies across the room. I'm literally screaming like at the top of my lungs three in the morning. at three o'clock in the morning and I, I, the, the the scary vibes were harsh and i finally got the thing out and i just put it on the street even a crumpled ball i just put it outside right and that's that's the story that but it was just brutal. one of those moments it was like yeah it was a holy fuck moment <laughs> that story was okay i guess <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding that was fucking terror i i hate I have this like deep visceral reaction to cockroaches. They Wait, let me cut you off by saying I just want to talk about myself real quick. <laughs> Wait, that's what Josh does. Huh? That is always what Josh does. Actually, I love it. It's the best thing. You're the worst. I know. Um, no, no, no. I the 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 cockroach on the painting is literally like a moment from more of a Mario Bava film. Like that, you know, like the symbolism aspect of that, like, like that feels like you would have a moment where you're feeling very like psychologically upset. And then you look over and there's a cockroach on Jesus's face and you'd be like, oh, no. And let me just reiterate that I'm Jewish and I don't give a fuck about no, but it still shit, fits but that it's movie. Still, yeah. it's being it's being high. It's three o'clock in the morning. It's the whole cockroach. the whole smorgasbord of things. Man, yeah, it was great. It was a great time. You know, it, just, it really it just it brought back a horrible memory. For it me. heightened the movie for me. <laughs> it made it that much more of a cinematic experience. It did. Well, let's start with. I think it's a good place to start because obviously, well, okay, I don't think shock is actually that related to The Exorcist, even though it is a movie in about a very a way about a kind of possession. Well, that movie, was right? a different one. That was a different type of possession movie, I think. Sure, sure, sure. I've never seen anything like that. But I do think that Beyond Darkness is clearly affected by The oh Exorcist. Oh, my God. Well, so 100%. I think, we should, I think yeah. we should start with The Exorcist and then go to the other two films. Right? Yeah, sure. If that makes sense. Sure. And I mean what I say, that I think The Exorcist is the Cadillac or maybe... You know, it, it is the apex of the possession film. There are other ones I also enjoy, like, for example, Possession. Uh-huh. But I just think, like, after The Exorcist, it's so hard to do an exorcism or possession or whatever movie and that not be influenced. Like that doesn't re- have that in your DNA yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so fucking visceral. And, and it, Now, let me be well, clear. Well, the, the way the movie begins alone yes. is yes. so fucking perfect so it's so creepy. good perfect. Oh, okay i want to get into that but let, let me just say because you were about to, i think you were about to ask like people's I was gonna, history with it well no what is your relationship because well so i was gonna say so i read the book first actually Did you? Oh, okay. okay i read the book first well, also for i don't know if you know josh lee liam is in divinity do you know this i don't know what that means he in divinity you are fucking is that you're into your that's what your degrees are in and all this business, right? Like, but that's not no that's not a descriptor that anyone oh, so would ever religion use. isn't a part of what we're about to talk about right now? No, but no one would say the phrase in divinity. I don't know how no else one to is say in it. divinity. I'm I'm sitting here holding my dog. I it's the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it you teach religious pro, uh, no, subjects. No, 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 I don't at all. Okay. All Josh is trying to say to you is that Liam's a priest. 
<laughs> this will be even more confusing when I say I met my wife in seminary. Because yeah. if I was a priest, then my wife yeah, wouldn't no, have been I in seminary. I meant to say Lee was a pastor, but I knew if I said priest. Right, so I'm also not a pastor. Lee so a what, pastor. So can you explain oh God, what you're talking about? I hate about? you so fucking much. <laughs> The amount to which I hate you, it's like so good. I love this, by the way. This is always my favorite. I thought we were, I thought we were done with the whack and an off track shit. It never ends. This is the whole pod. The whole podcast is. I want to stay on topic because I think I have something smart to say, which I don't, but I think I do. Well, just, and Josh doesn't want me to right. say that thing. Well, no, I'm just saying. So he okay. will do everything My he can to like this, fuck with me. That there's a religious background to Liam that I think has a thing to do with the exorcism. Because for me, that was definitely a huge part of this movie. See, okay. My first experience, it was unrelated at all. Really? Well, because remember, I wasn't brought up religious. So I didn't convert till high school. Oh. I read the book. Wait, you converted from what to what? From nothing to I started going to a, like a church, like a Methodist church. And you're a church going person currently. Eh. Okay. He's more my heterodox wife, than orthodox. My wife is a pastor. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Oh, oh I didn't I know mean, you we didn't don't, know. Well, we I don't really know each other. Like, <sighs> Josh was trying to make it out like we're best friends, but only Josh and I have known each other for 20 years. I, mean, I have we've, never. We've, we've, but you've met my wife before. Well, once or twice, but we never spoke about what you did. I didn't did. know. I didn't know. I didn't no, know. No, I don't know. I thought people knew. Yeah, I thought. A see, lot of people who I don't know that well still know, like, because I think the word around, even if it's not oh, true this is anymore, so, this makes the this word so much around better. the Philadelphia punk scene is Liam's that Jesus Guy. But it, because when I first started going to punk shows, I was more religious. So people knew me as like, I was the only person who would go to the MXPX show. Like literally in a weekend, there was a weekend where I was like, well, I'm going to MXPX and then I'm going to Fury of Five and then I'm going to go to this other. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. I was legs in both worlds. Whereas a lot of people who were going to all those Philly Jesus punk shows, mm-hmm. they wouldn't go to normal things. Right. They would only go to Jesus. They'd things. only go to pink daffodils and one twenty one shows. Right. They were right. only in that scene. And right. and occasionally people from the normal scene would come over. Like you go to a disciple show and, and Step Ahead was playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People like, were there. Like people yeah. who I knew from normal shows. Okay, were. so wait, what were you saying about what the hell were you talking about? Well no, but so, so but it, unrelated to what I was gonna say at all. But I'm you know, it's fine that you brought it up, but because you didn't know. But I read the book first because my mom didn't want me to watch the movie when I was a kid. She was like, it's too fucked up. There's too much crazy stuff that happens. The book is just as visceral, but you're not seeing it in the same way. And she was of the opinion that the book was scarier than the movie anyway. So she was like, just read the book. And then when you're a little bit older, what she didn't know is she kind of planned for me to maybe she would let me watch The Exorcist when I was you know, later in high school, mm-hmm. but like middle school, I had a friend who had it and I was like, fuck, let's watch the exercise. So we, you know, I watched it and I'd already been watching horror movies. So I, I, I think that was, she had actually seen the exercise. Whereas like when I'm watching Nightmare on Elm Street, she doesn't know what that is. So she right. doesn't know that this is I'm already getting movie. exposed yeah. to scary stuff. She just knew like, Oh, the exorcist is real. Well, and she up. also probably was around when it came out, obviously. So, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it had such a cultural impact when it came right, out. Exactly. It was and, a big fucking deal. And, but the book was out. also a big deal. Yeah. And I think for her, it was, a huge deal because this is the reason I was brought up not religious at all is because my mom was brought up Catholic and she fucking hated it. So I think the exorcist sort of tied into a lot of her Catholic fear from her childhood and all that sort of fucked up shit that she had had to deal with. And when I read the book, it was definitely scary. And when I saw the movie, it was definitely upsetting. But the religious aspect of it has never connected to me. And then later on, when I converted and was like more into Christianity and I mean, I'm still into it. But when I was a a little more orthodox in my beliefs, I 
at the time thought, yeah, but that's still just made up. I've never had that weird fear of demonic things ever in my life. Wow. Not really at all, ever. Occasion for a brief period of time when I was first getting into church stuff, I was a little still at that time worried about haunted stuff. Mm. Um, but by college, I decided, and I still have this mindset, I don't believe in haunted things. Right. I don't want to believe in haunted things, but right. I have had an experience that made me feel like I, it was real. I've definitely had unexplained experiences, but I don't think of them as hauntings. I think that the world is more complicated than we think it is. And so I'm more into like, I would actually be more willing to accept like a demonic explanation or a quantum physics explanation of like... Right energies are left over and things like that but even though i was more willing to believe in demonic things than i was in hauntings like i i think people just die but i can believe in there are other forces Mm -hmm. i've never really been afraid of them in that way and maybe it's because i haven't been in enough situations where that sort of weird shit was happening but for me the exorcist is terrifying because it's just visceral imagery really well done and whatever and i'm in that world when i'm watching it but i think for as you were saying, for a lot of people who are from a religious background, uh-huh. it also ties into some deeper terror they have. Yeah. And my conversion was about personal guilt. It wasn't about fear about the afterlife. It was right. all about, you know, I'm kind of unhappy and I feel like I've made bad decisions and here's this community of people who care about me, which mm-hmm. like before then I didn't feel like there was that many adults who I was like connecting with on that level. And uh and they really are speaking about this sense of like personal forgiveness, which is what I wanted to right. feel. Uh and then later on as my theology sort of expanded, it became much more about like justice and a more just world and about mm-hmm. and that sort of grew into like liberation theology and all that kind of stuff. And so I've never really cared that much about the demonic and the demonic only has come in later in like a James Cone sense of like the demonic is just the religious way of describing whiteness and like uh, class race. Yeah, it's basically so like for like or this. or from Elizabeth Schuessler Friends like kiriarchy. Kiriarchy is the word that she made up. Right. That's basically about all the oppressions into one sort of thing. I could describe that as the the demonic, mm. and and, I, and and still accept that maybe there's a super whatever supernatural might mean, that there's some other aspect to that. But I, I just have never viscerally felt the fear, whereas I had friends for whom, like, after they watched The Exorcist, They're fucking terrified. Their yeah. life Dude, was it, ruined. Well, you know? another thing, too, is, like, I, as I said, my, mo- my mom used to be Catholic, and she was mm-hmm. talked about how easy it was for her to convert to Judaism for my, for my father because she had such a terrible time sure. being Catholic <laughs> when she was younger. Yeah. And now, you know, obviously... You know, in the past few years, we've learned a lot about Catholic priests and their goings on. And it's just so interesting that there's this whole demonic side to Catholicism. Right. And then you have these fucking priests doing whatever the fuck they do. Yeah. Well, it's just interesting that this this juxtaposition exists. Well, and I will say and I should say this as a huge James Baldwin fan that the most bummed out thing I ever read was James Baldwin's essay about the exorcist Mm -hmm. in which he said that, like, the Exorcist is clearly a movie for white people because they need evil to be this like thing that possesses them from outside. Right. And they can't just look at the world and see that the world it's just itself is far more evil than yeah. like right. some girl puking. Like and, <laughs> and like it bummed me out because I still love that movie. The movie is no less good, taking into account what he said. But yeah. I realized that's why the movie though again it really is in my psyche in a lot of ways. I don't have quite the same internal reaction that I think some religious people do because mm. for them, it represents a real thing that they're already anxious about. They worry might be real or they worry might be out there. Yeah. And for me, I just, it's like, 
I'm more worried about Charlottesville than I am about possession. You well, know? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. Right. No, but I think for some people, they are worried about both it, or yeah. or only one of those things, and it's not Charlottesville. Like, I, I want to acknowledge that for some folks, that's like a real thing. But I think for me, it really is William Freakin as a as a filmmaker that makes that movie work for me. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a masterful movie. Oh, I mean, my God. I mean, like, because these other movies we watch are all kind of kitschy and silly. Oh, yeah. But, like, this is a yeah. film that's, like, won an Oscar for an actual good reason in a time when Oscars were given out for good reasons. Right, right, right. right. You know, it right. really is deserving. Josh, when did you first watch this film? Oh, man. I think I was around the same age as, as you were, Josh, like around 11 or 12. Sure. And it scared the bejesus out of me because I was raised in a very religious family. My family still, but I don't. Is it because because I'm not really? We weren't religious, and it still scared the the bejesus out of me too, dude. It it was just a well made film. Me up, yeah. But here's the thing. So do you guys remember when it was reissued? Yes. And they added in the spider walk scene. Spider walk scene, so tight. I saw it again in the theaters by myself. I did too. I did too. And I couldn't. I still can't take the crucifix masturbation scene. It still fucks. Oh, it's an intense. It is one of the most intense scenes in any movie. It's unbelievable, dude. Seeing it on the restoration and then in addition to the other scenes in the theater, like fucked me up. You know, it's one of the best scenes in that movie too. Honestly, yeah. I mean, other than the obvious, the scene where she gets a spinal tap. Oh, it's so fucking intense. Unbelievable. Like that whole sequence. (coughs) Oh my god. Like that's one of these things about this movie where it shows. First of all, this as we're saying, the beginning in Iraq, which is. Like, you, they show you the woman with, like, missing an eyeball. You show yeah. you the guy with one arm, and they're all working. And it's like, man, life is just, is what it is, but it's, like, very unfamiliar to, to American audiences, especially right. in the early 70s. Yeah. And then you have uh, this the very, like, the, the long close-ups from those early 70s movies that are just so fucking good. Yeah. Which, by the way, the reason I wanted to bring up The Conjuring is because that's what they did in those movies, where they had that, like, long oh. close-up. And like a lot yeah, but of the, we're not discussing the Conjuring. It's we're not. Subtext. But but anyway, but so in the Exorcist, and then you have this like, how long is the beginning of the, the, the movie? Like fifteen minutes or something like that. And but it, it gives so, sets up. It's so good. It sets up because you it, it's unsettling for especially someone who's not familiar with that kind of a world. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, where, where is this going? I, I it's it, you know what I'm thinking about it. We could do a whole episode just on the Exorcist. Just well, the yeah, it's a deep but move. I, uh, I want to say a few things that like kind of occurred to me. Like for okay. So first of all, I'm assuming anyone who's listened to this has seen the movie. Yeah. So, you know, so. Uh, please, if you're like, oh, no, spoilers, whatever. whatever. <laughs> yeah, what I'm about to say isn't a spoiler, but uh, I feel less inclined. It's such a discussed movie. I feel less inclined to try to get deep on the movie because I feel like lots of people have said amazing things about it. Mm. A few things that I realized watching it. The scope of the life of priests we see, because on one hand, we've got the world like traveling archaeologist scientist yeah. father Marin exorcist you and know this Sonsi priest yeah. Max von Sydow is living the life of a priest where like which his by, life by is the exciting. way that that, yeah, that makeup he that was used for him yeah. amazing unbelievable awesome. amazing unbelievable. in the, 1972 yeah. was it yeah. insane but, but but the idea like he is Indiana Jones but yeah he's like a he's like a cloth. he's like right. uh, Indiana Jones of the cloth he's got this whole excited then we go to the other priest. His life fucking sucks. Yeah, like everything is depressing. <laughs> everything about what he's doing and his the, mother's little apartment is oh, like it's really the claustrophobic. Worst. It's the worst. Yeah. and she and then, looks like she. The smell. As Josh was describing, the smell to me earlier of gangrene that he was at his work. That's what you. I imagine, imagine that's what her apartment smells like. Oh, totally. Gangrene and some pasta fagiol. Yeah, no, totally. Sucks. But even and you see, you see all the gangrene all the, smells so bad. He's By a, the way, he's the priest the, is Italian. That's why I say. Pasta yeah, and fagiole. he's in the old school neighborhood. 
neighborhood and yeah. it looks really rough. And then even the scene where he's in the bar with the other priest and he's talking about it's hard for him and his yeah. his faith. You get this feeling of like, and I think this is actually helpful for the world building that like the Catholic Church spans the world, but just just span the world in the sense of it has influence all over the world. It spans the world in the sense of like some priests are living actual awful hard lives and other priests not that max Manzato's life is easy but it's a lot more exciting he's doing something that he can like believe in in a way whereas i feel like the other guy and i'm sorry i keep forgetting that what uh, is the priest's name uh father oh jesus christ what's his Wait, fucking name father Karras. Father Karras. Yeah. So yeah. Father Karras is yeah. Father Karras's life. Oh wait, no, I oh, don't know. No. I think he's supposed to be Greek. Maybe Karras sounds Greek, not not Italian. The point Italian. is, is that his <laughs> existence is a lot more like gritty every day. Like yeah. being a priest is not. Well, you know, all there's excitement. a scene where the cop is like, uh, you know, find the guy that looks like Rocky Marciano. Right, and, right, 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 right. You know, right. Father Karras is running laps in a sweatsuit. You know, yeah. I, I think, think he says. I don't think he says Rocky Marciano. I think he says something else. Some boxer. I thought it was uh, I don't remember. But you know what's an interesting thing, too? This movie obviously kind of spawned the demonic possession genre, but it also spawned the detective, the Columbo-type de- detective. Ah. That, that finicky detective, like the guy who plays the detective in the film, that was the, pre- the predecessor for Columbo. Really? Yeah. You think so? Oh, no, I'm no so. Really? Absolutely. Wait, I had no idea. Like, yeah. the way I, I, the, the, that character... Is such a great, like, just detect. He's like that nice guy. Like, well, you know, he kind of walks, shows up to the house, and he's asking yeah. questions. He's like, oh, I just wanted an autograph, you know. <laughs> but he's like a very clever detective. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like so, this movie, was, but like in a weird bumbling kind of way. The weird like, bumbly detective. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's like yeah. something deeper there. Exactly. So I like the way that they set up that world, that sort of like priestly world. But then we also, the way that the film manages to highlight the tensions in her family yeah. without, oh, yeah. it, without being, it never quite. And I, and I wonder if this is the balance between William Peter Blatty, who actually is a super intense Catholic mm-hmm. and William Freakin, who I think through this movie briefly was interested in religious stuff, but like he personally wasn't that super religious going yeah. into the movie. The balance of the means we get this idea. What the film does is it suggests to you that maybe, maybe, Part of the issue here is their modern life. But it never goes so far as to say, oh, by the way, this is happening because they're modern and modern people. I don't think it had to do with the modernness. I think it just had to do with what you said, like the relationship of the mother and the the divorced dad. But I think a lot of the movies would say that is modern life is divorce and unhappiness. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? And that's, to be fair, that's what the Catholic Church was saying at the time. Like, oh, oh, are you guys dealing with alcoholism and divorce? Oh, that's because, because you're not Catholic. Yeah, and if you were real Catholics, you wouldn't have those problems. Yeah, that was like yeah, sort yeah. of the message at the time. And I think the, the what the movie does a good job is suggesting that maybe there's a relationship between their family life and what's happening to her, mm-hmm. but, but never also suggesting a bit of randomness. Yeah, and never pointing like, a finger. It's 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 never like, gets to the point where they're like, and it's the parents' fault. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it it plays off your fears. I'm sure if you're watching this back then as a parent, especially as a Catholic parent, you're thinking, oh god, oh, god. is my kid going to get possessed? Right. But it never says yes, yes, it is. It's your fault. Like yeah, I yeah. I like that it it walks that line because I think that's good horror. Good horror is something that plays on our anxieties, but never to the extent that it becomes a morality play. Right. That's the balance, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. you wonder watching horror, to what extent am I implicated in what's happening, without ever saying, 
without the movie ever going, actually, this is, this is your yeah. fault. This is because you then, then it's not horror anymore. Then it's some other thing. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what the beauty of this film was. Right. It's, it feels so natural. Yes. Even now, yeah. you put this movie on and you're watching the relationship between, um, what, what the hell? It's Reagan and her mother, played yeah. by Ellen Burstyn. And you're just oh, like, oh, it's, so good she's amazing. She's, she's so, so good. So good as like the frazzled just, mom. Yeah. Is oh, anyone she, weak? Like, I feel like every performance in the film is really good. Yeah. No, every, no, I mean, I it was, agree. it was every, everyone brought it. Yeah. I mean, this is when Friedkin was the, was the man. I mean, well, he did French Connection as well. All these movies. He this is back part then. of my frustration is like, there's French Connection, there's The Exorcist. And then it just feels like Friedkin, after Sorcerer did not do well, it it was basically murdered by Star Wars. Right. Freaking doesn't get that much respect after that. And like, he's an amazing, I, I think he's still good. I think even yeah. Joe was, it was Joe, right? The the Matthew McConaughey movie yeah, where he where makes it, the girl suck the chicken wing. Yeah. Yeah, that movie was Is that a Freakin movie? Yeah, yeah, that's a Freakin oh, I didn't movie. even realize that. It was he's, a play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think Freakin is like actually a genius. Or that movie wish... Bug he did with uh, yes. Ashley Judd. That was an incredible great movie. Yes. Brutal. Great movie, yeah. I just think he's great. I think, And also, I, I know why it didn't do well, that it's not Sorcerer's fault. But Sorcerer is a great movie and deserves respect. I'd also like to d- give a shout out to Exorcist Part 3 with George C. Scott. Yeah, that dude, was George C. Scott's fucking amazing. tight. Directed by actual crazy person William, William Peter Blatty. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I like that. The, the My problem with Exorcist 3 is it's, it's pretty clear. So what happened with Exorcist 3 is William Peter Blatty wanted to make a movie that had nothing to do with the original Exorcist. Yeah. He wanted the Exorcist to kind of function like how but they... But wait, did, like Jason, I think Father Karras is still in it, though, isn't he? But he was Jason I'm, Miller I'm, being I'm the get, guy. I'm getting yeah. to that. Oh, so okay. William Peter Blatty wanted to make a movie that had nothing to do... In fact, the the movie, the book that the movie's based off of is not related to The Exorcist at all. Right. And he wanted to make a movie that had the name The Exorcist, mm-hmm. but was like The Exorcist would then function as like a um, almost like a world. Like, you know how like with Halloween, yeah. the original idea was to do unrelated movies called Halloween, you know? Uh-huh. So that's what he wanted to do with that movie. And the studio was like, no, no yeah. fuck no. You have to, you have to insert. To and I just think that like. There are some good scenes with Father Karras, mm-hmm. but he feels a little injected to me. He and some feels of the, like monkey wrench. Some of the movie. parts that he's not in are so good that I kind of yeah. I would like. I don't think it makes The Exorcist three bad, but I'd like to see the movie that William Peter Blatty would have done without those. Without scenes. those, yeah, yeah. I'd have to but I love George C. Scott. I mean, I George, love George C. Scott, C. Scott is so good. Well, there are parts of Exorcist three that are scarier than anything in The Exorcist. I wouldn't say the whole movie is, but there are a few like Patrick Ewing in there. Is Patrick Ewing in there? Oh my god! Yeah. I totally forgot. Patrick Ewing's in the dream sequence. Yes, he weird. is. I forgot. And his fucking throat's cut. It's oh, fucking shit. weird. It's yeah, like yeah, a yeah, fever yeah. dream. Patrick like, fucking Ewing is. Fuck in is I have Patrick to rewatch Ewing this movie too. Yeah, it's fucking wild. It's really good. But I was thinking of more the uh, the music cue for the scene with the whatever nun and the and the garden shears. Oh god, the greatest it's... jump cut, the jump, oh, greatest yes. jump scare of any movie ever. Every jump scare since that movie has tried to recreate that scene unsuccessfully. Dude, that scene is so brutal. It's the best. And then the, the, when I was a kid, the scene where uh, the Jesus statue opens its eyes really yes. fucked me up. Like, yes, really fucked me up. Actually, uh, getting back to the original Exorcist, one of my favorite scenes as well was when they go to the church and yep. they show the, oh, the, the desecrated, the, the desecrated uh, yeah. statues. Yes. It's just like one of these movies that you're watching it, and if you really let yourself, because one of the the bummers for me. Was when it was re-released yeah. and I saw it at the Prince Theater oh. and uh, it was a packed house and it's like this movie has has a reputation and then young audiences are watching it they're like this shit's boring fuck oh, this this is boring and it's like okay it's because it's a slow moving movie it is but, but if you watch it in the right context with you know whatever if you, you just like let yourself get into it it really so terrifying. just terrifying yeah. I think it's perfectly paced and when people say it's slow I assume that those people don't 
actually like cinema. Like, you know, <laughs> it's not patient. Maybe it's not patient. Yeah. Well, and that, but the, but I think that that even even though it requires some amount of patience, yeah. it builds consistently. There's no scene for me in the original Exorcist. Mm. I think the recut we could talk about. I need to watch it more to have it. But in the original Exorcist, there's no scene in the movie that is unnecessary. That right. the, that even though it builds slowly, it builds the whole time the whole time it's going in a direction yeah. you know where it's headed and by the time you get to that crescendo it's fucking earned it's yeah. it's funny that we watched it with beyond darkness a movie that, that does not 15 minutes yeah. in is like we're going to crazy we're going to crazy <laughs> there's no setup we're going to crazy and it, it doesn't work well ever. 15 minutes yeah. in they wanted to be the poltergeist right yeah and then about 20 minutes in they want they actually you know what i'm gonna give credit switching to beyond darkness i gotta do one thing for beyond darkness right that whole 28 nuns that were coming in the house oh, yeah, that was great. fucking tight yeah. no 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 i was, no. I was so scared here's the wait funny thing. I, I don't want to switch completely yet but i think we have interesting things to say i don't think beyond darkness is a good movie, but I actually love it in a lot of ways. I loved, I loved it. I really Josh, loved it. I think it. it's really, I really great. Had a lot of fun watching. <laughs> I think it. it's really great in a lot of ways. But let's let's stay on The Exorcist for at least a few more minutes. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. Darkness, Josh. What were you gonna say? Oh no, I I, I don't even remember. Okay, well, I mean, here's the, here's the problem. Oh, oh, I do remember. Go ahead. So uh, it's funny that you mentioned the pacing because there is the one scene that stuck with me because I watched it with the with the commentary, right? And the scene with the with the spider walk. Sure. In the, in the Which reissue. is not in the original. Not in the original theatrical right. release, in the reissue. But it's the same scene when Burke dies. Or what's the guy's name? The the other uh, director. The, the British director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Burke, yes. They were talking about, I, I think it was Friedkin who was doing the commentary. And he talks about how the one regret that he had with the movie is he wanted to be like, door opens, Burke is dead. And then that's when the spider walk happens, like directly after. And then there's like a little lapse between the two as is. And. I always thought that that little attention to that small detail is 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 what makes this movie amazing. That these these crescendos do happen throughout the movie, and that he still thinks about moment to moment in the scenes. Oh, sure. every every scene, as you said before, every scene matters. And this is the kind of movie where uh, you have the scene where Regan walks downstairs and she pees on the floor yeah. in front of that astronaut. Die, yeah. You're all, you're gonna die up there to the mm-hmm. guy. And it's just one of those scenes where you know. It's a horror movie, but there's no blood or gore at this point. And you're just like, what the fuck? And you're just so so unsettling. It's a movie that knows that you don't... Too many horror movies now think that in order to scare people, you You have to immediately go... And don't get me wrong, like... I think I'm going to praise Beyond Darkness for doing that because I think it's kind of what makes it so much fun is how it's immediately like fucking over the top. But I think that every movie now is trying to do that and they're missing the small subtle the exorcist knows freaking let's say knows that small subtle weird moments can build tension in a way that you don't every scene doesn't need to be blood or guts or mm. someone flying or you know total world shattering moment well yeah. i mean small I could say, you could say that the exorcist is like a nice pellegrino while beyond darkness is like monster <laughs> energy drink <laughs> if i mean if the exorcist is pellegrino then beyond darkness is crack cocaine okay like that is like beyond uh, no it's not that bad i mean it's still you could drink it and it's, yeah, it's tasty it was fun I guess, I it'll guess. keep you up way longer than you wanted yeah, exactly. it'll <laughs> leave you all jittery at the end <laughs> that's true though no, that's fair um okay so I, I mean like i said we could do a whole episode on the exorcist I think that we've sort of highlighted like the pacing is amazing. I think it's very visceral. I think it I've I have this theory that like religious horror movies. Well, there's another thing I wanted to bring up. No, go ahead. Please. Uh so another thing about the Exorcist that's so fucking awesome. Yeah. 
is the fact that it's a based on a true story. One of the first horror movies, I believe, I mean, I'm probably making that up, but it's one of the ones that I first was aware of that it was based on a true story. On right. a, and of course, a story that's so fucking insane of being possessed. Yeah. Um, and then if you watch, I'm sure you watched, you said you watched with commentary. If you watch, yeah. like, there's like a behind the scenes you can watch that came out with the reissue where they talk about how the set was just riddled with death yeah, and, and like fires a bunch of weird shit and happened. all sorts of negative vibes were on the set. Yeah. And they just didn't know, like they had, there was a lot of issues. Yeah. And that's just one of those things that like when you add those elements to a movie, that's as scary and as well-made as Exorcist, it just tr- makes it so much better. Hence also why one, the, the movie that we shall not name the Andrew K <laughs> It was the same deal. It was like it was just like. See, with, I would, fortune. I would, I would say though that the difference is that uh, the Conjuring was just not nearly as good. It's a little bit more cheesy. It's not. It's it, it, the, the Exorcist true, is I, like the. the, I, the opus. I am a huge Lily Taylor fan, so I love the Conjuring. Oh, she's her. fucking great too. I mean, I ever think, since Dogfight, she's been one of my favorite. I actresses. think I have to honor the fact that the true story aspect of the Conjuring is. Uh, a particular sticking point for Justin Lore. Justin Lore, friend of the podcast and host of Horror Business. Tell right. me. Um, because the, what are the names again? I don't who are, know. Who are the, the heroes of the movie? Yeah. Oh, uh, the Lorraine and uh, yeah. Warrens. The Warrens, Warrens. are yeah, yeah, yeah. The fucking lying, yeah. awful humans who are now cashing in on a history of lies and manipulation. Oh, right? well, and that, that doesn't every, surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah, and like, I mean, they're, you know, they're connected to the Amityville horror. Right, 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 like, right, right. That's basically proven that everyone was lying. And uh-huh. the, the case that The Conjuring is based off of, which, again, is based on a true story. It's not related to the story at all, and it's like the Warrens, again, are fucking awful humans. So, like... But it still like, made the movie fun. See, made the I, movie I, great. what I think is so funny about that is I don't care. It didn't affect my viewing of the movie at all. Right. For Justin, I think he's complicated because he loves The Conjuring. Yeah, he hates the Warrens, and he is always like really does he, frustrated. Does he like? Does he know the, the Warrens? He's read all one about. Of, he's one of them is dead them. now. I think. Yeah, the dude them. is dead. The lady's yeah. still alive. That's how they're getting the rights to all these things. Oh. That's their. I mean, the whole now they've got the whole conjuring. It's called the Conjuring Universe. Yeah, right. Which is just the new one just came out. Right, Annabelle. The yeah, creation. Yeah. Annabelle creation. Mm. Oh, now, yeah. what I don't know about Annabelle creation is if that's also based off of an actual Warren's case. I don't know. Or if they just made uh, it up. No idea. But it doesn't matter if they just made it up because everything about the Warrens is made up. So it's yeah, fine. So it's fine. It's yeah. just what it is. Part As, of the course, especially the Conjuring say. sequel is like one of their most uh. notoriously made up thing like the case that that movie's based off of is one where they were like actually publicly embarrassed about how much they were lying and whatever yeah. so it's kind of funny that when they, they make the movie they're like oh this is like what happened and it's yeah. for that me it, it doesn't anyway. af- well that movie was shitty but yeah the first conjuring the fact that it was quote-unquote based on a true story doesn't affect well, they me. all i think the second one was too no well, no no i know that right? that that's second their, one that's their whole thing yeah but yeah. That, but it yeah. didn't affect my viewing of the first one i think that movie is really amazing that's in a, a lot of ways movie. yeah but I, but i get that for justin no, you know i'm a just... complicated relationship yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway well, the whole idea is that it, it adds that little thing and that's that, why they always try to do that with horror movies if they can yeah but i like the yeah. way that the exorcist redoes it the thing about the, the conjuring movies and i think the first one's not so bad but it, it's more in the other ones is that they really are a blowjob for the warrens like they really like lift up how heroic and awesome yeah. 
awesome yeah, they are. How, like, Whereas like the Exorcist is based off a true story, but they change a lot of things about it, so it's yeah. its own story as well. And so also, it's not like, about like. Whereas the Conjuring, sometimes it, the way it's presented, you're like, man, the Warrens are real people. What fucking heroes they were, yeah. huh? Like really awesome. So like, well, there's a scene in the beginning of the Conjuring where they're the, like they're doing a class at a university, yes! which is yeah. so fucking dumb, <laughs> so stupid, oh, so great. ridiculous. But I think so it's because good. Elizabeth Ward really is like. I'm redeeming our legacy. I like, have a that's like, I think it's like really about that for yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, do we have any more comments about the air? Because we have two more movies to talk about. Right. So I don't want the podcast to go on for three hours. Okay. Let's say, do we have anything else to say about The Exorcist? Acknowledging the fact that we could do a three-hour podcast just about The Exorcist because it's so amazing. I went to the stairs when I was high one time. and It was awesome. Sure. I've never been. I hear it's amazing. Oh my God, it's like it actually of, really cool. I was on my way to see Dag Nasty on the day the prince dry, died. And I was in the car with Ugh. a friend of the show, Dan Gross. Yeah. And um, you were really high. Oh, my God. I was so high. We changed uh, directions from the Black Hat to Ben's Chili Bowl. And then I hit up my friend Mark Beamer, friend of the show. And I was like, yo, where should we go in D.C.? And he's like, Exorcist Stairs. And we were high as fuck. Those are some high as fuck stairs oh as well. Oh, my God. Buddy. It was. Yeah. You got to be, you gotta be careful if you're yeah. going to walk on those stairs. It's it was really one of my finest experiences in D.C. That movie, and that, then I saw Dag Nasty. It was great. Sorry, I was gonna say that. Well, you know about the movie. Like they had the guy. There's it was the scene when when Father Karras dies. Right. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Right. <laughs> he goes for Come it. On, you should have seen it by now, dude. I gotta. Uh, say. He hold on, hold on. He dies, and then there's a priest that's like his pal. They, a yeah. lot of these priests were just real priests that they just hired for the movie, dude. And Friedkin. Was all I remember there was Freakin talking about like slapping him in the face yeah, to get him to, to cry him to like and to shake. And, and it's so like it's just one of those movies that was just done right at the right time by the right people. And the, it was just perfect. It yeah, was a perfect I movie. Agree. I to think be, it really to was. To be fair, if you're a aspiring young director, I wouldn't recommend. It's Slap it's a different time now. Yeah, you can't and just, I think if you just slap one of your actors, it's yeah. not going to go well. well for that's, you. that's why I said perfect time. You yeah, just that's true. You that's just can't go upside somebody's head to make them shake hey, anymore. Unless you're DTF, dude. Down, you know, I yeah. will say also, DTW. No, that's right. one of the best <laughs> parts of the reissue is when Father Karras' face changes at that last scene because in the original theatrical version. There's a, an obvious cut, and it like goes from devil Karis to normal Karis. But in this one, they do a sweep where his face just changes from the inside out. I know, and but it's I, so magnificent. I thought that that was it looked cheesy. Yeah, I like the original dude, so much. The original more. looks so much better to me. I mean, that's I one of the things the we haven't though. Like that was one of my. See, favorite. that's one of the things we haven't talked about. I actually have the opinion that the reissue might be total trash. But really, there's a couple I, of I scenes like they from Star the reissue. Yeah, Whoa. there's a couple of scenes from the reissue that Star are good. A little bit, a little bit. But I think they Star Wars it. Wow. Yeah, I, I totally and, agree. And I'll, be, I'll let you know, Josh, because you're not as much on the film Twitter. Yeah. I discovered recently, because there was a discussion that happened about The Exorcist, most people are of the they Star Wars it opinion. Very Whoa. few people even like the reissue. Well, and you know what? And I'm of the opinion of a movie, of a film, especially something like this, where less is more. Less yeah. is more. Why yeah. do we okay. need that? Right. There's no need for it. It's bullshit. The it looked was awesome. The, the don't, work don't they did. I will say the th there's a couple of things in the reissue, like the spider walk. Yeah. That if they just put those back in the original cut mm. and didn't make all of the changes that they made, uh, just you know one what, or two. Details, you know what? I will agree. Like, I would be into in, that. Like I think the spider walk is cool, but some of the other changes they make, I think, are corny as yeah, shit. Like putting the Pazuzu in. And so like, fucking, fucking stupid. stupid. So yeah, fucking stupid. And they added stuff to that to the face. Yeah, that's face. The yeah, yeah, right. They right. put the it behind the door and was in like the uh, that stuff. was ridiculous. Yeah, that was dumb. Okay, I was I'll, I'll concede to that. I'll concede yeah, that's. That. I, I think the original is great. 
I think adding in a few things would be fine. But I think the original also works on its own. I don't need the spider walk. I you don't, don't need, need it. it. Yeah. You don't but need it. it is cool. I will it's, admit the spider walk is The spider walk is, cool. is, is awesome. Her nose? Yeah. Dude, that's so brutal. So brutal. Okay, um, moving on. Moving yeah, on. like I said, we could talk about this forever. I, all I'm going to say is... I don't know why you're listening to this if you haven't seen it. If you yeah. haven't seen it, you should see it. I will. I think that my one of the things I want to write about eventually, if I ever actually write again, is that um, I think religious horror movies are not actually about religion. I think it's interesting with The Exorcist because William Peter Blatty, clearly the book is about actual religious, religious. faith. Yeah. I think this movie really then transcends into what a lot of religious horror is about, which is like less about actual religion and more about our anxieties about ourselves. You know, like the movie. Oh, absolutely. You can, like, like your experience. You watch the movie. You're not particularly interested in the Catholic Church or Jesus Christ per se, and yet it gets to something visceral there. I think that's you. true of a lot of religious horror movies that are good because they're not really about the religion. It's like this feeling that maybe under the surface the world is more unpredictable, more raw, more out of control than we think. And the control we think we have isn't real. Right. Hence religion. Right. And <laughs> that's the thing. Religion. But it's not about like when you have when you watch a horror movie that's actually religious, that's actually about religious faith, those movies are terrible. They're bad movies. Well, I, I feel like coming on to the next movie we're gonna talk about yeah, Beyond Darkness, that sort of happens movie. in that movie. A yeah. little bit, but little I will bit. say this. He gets his details wrong because he has a character who basically acts as a priest, but he can't be a priest because he has a family. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say he was Catholic. Right, but this is the thing. The things he does in the movie are all Catholic, Catholic things. <laughs> because the director right. is right. Italian, he doesn't know anything about Protestants, so uh, he's like, oh, he's a Protestant minister because it's in America, he's so he's kids. Protestant. Yeah. But everything he does is Catholic. No Protestant <laughs> minister in any Protestant faith would do any of the things that this guy does. No. So let's let's figure out why I chose this movie first. So why did I pick this movie? Didn't you say it's because you saw like a I thumbnail? S- I a, saw a, a write-up about it. It's like, yeah, it's a very endearing movie that takes off of The Exorcist and all this other stuff. Well, I mean, let's... It let's, felt like I was watching a well, yeah, well, okay, let's yeah. let's acknowledge. First of all, this is an unofficial sequel to Evil Dead. Yeah? Is that what Beyond the Door... Or, or you don't no, know no. about this? No. no. How? Oh, you guys don't know about the unofficial Evil Dead sequels. You know about this. We've talked about this. I have we? no idea. This is one of the La Casa movies. Oh. Evil Dead 1 and 2 were right. released in Europe as La Casa. After Evil Dead 2, they wanted to cash in on the name La Casa, so they made other movies titled La Casa Beyond the Darkness and uh, I think the other one is like The Witching or Witchery or whatever Witchery. those are the yeah. American titles the actual titles so this is actually La Casa 4 or 5 right I don't think it's La Casa was this movie 3. dubbed into English it by the way like it, it, all, felt, it felt all, a, a I think all Italian movies are dubbed because this yeah. was obviously American actors who were supposed to be American right. you know it wasn't supposed yeah. to be in I think the main guy yeah. is actually Canadian because I've seen other movies. The main, like the main priest dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very handsome, by the way. He's, he's, he was, you can get this movie in a dual, you can get this movie in a dual pack from Shout Factory with a movie called Metamorphosis. And the reason it's in a dual pack is he's star of both those movies. Metamorphosis, an unofficial sequel to Reanimator, is actually released in Europe as Reanimator 2. Wow. So in Europe, what happened in Europe when Reanimator 2 came out? That's so confusing. In Europe, um, basically, copyright laws are much more loose. Right. So, for example, you know, Zom- Zombie Wars. is yeah. actually Dawn Zombie Two, two yeah. i.e., Dawn- yeah, Dawn of the Dead Two, because yeah, the yeah. Dawn of the Dead was called Zombie. Oh my Europe. god, this is so ridiculous! So, so confusing. Europeans. So, for those Ugh. of you who are like Beyond the Darkness, who have heard about that, this is La Casa 
Three four. or four. Yeah. I don't know. One of the Lacasas has David Hasselhoff in it. No. Oh, yeah. And uh, and then later on, uh, the House movies were released as La Casa like five or six or something right. like that. So all that to mean, these are all horror movies that center around a house. Right. And so uh, for those of you who haven't seen this movie, um, there's a priest who is giving last rites to a serial killer. Who killed a bunch of children. Killed a bunch of children. The serial killer suggests that there's something more supernatural going on and gives yeah. the priest her like evil Bible. Yeah, but because well, she senses this priest is interested in that interested. sort of thing. Yeah. Right. And it has and, the Baphomet in there. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and and then we forward. Now we don't see this priest, by the way. This first priest we see, we only see him in the beginning. He goes away. And he goes away. And, and then, then we're with this family. Drunk. They right. move into this haunted house. With Clark Kent priest. Yeah. Clark Kent dude. But yeah. they're, they're his name is like too, Mark right? something. I forget what his name is. It's like I he's wrote got about a, him. And he's got a great family. And by the way, I got to say, his kids have a great scream. When they're scared, oh my god, I love it. They're they're <laughs> terrified. Now this movie was directed by the guy from uh, uh, Troll Two, and in fact, the young man in this movie mm-hmm. is the young man from Troll Two who oh. went on to make the documentary about uh, Troll Two. Yeah, what's that documentary called? The uh, gra- the best worst movie ever made or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And then he later made uh, uh, that documentary, American Scream, which is amazing. So he went on to like a career after this. But right. this was his you're, first movie. You're talking about the young boy, or you're talking yeah, about the young the boy. son. He eventually, the young boy eventually made a documentary about Troll 2 because Troll 2, as you know, has this like life as a terrible movie that yeah, people love. Yeah, it's like the, the worst movie ever made. There's a lot of green stuff. I, th- I feel like I've heard of this. I'm so not, what's, not. what's interesting about, I thought about Beyond Darkness, is that it is as unhinged as Troll 2, but it's way better made than Troll 2. <laughs> so what happened between this movie and Troll, because Troll 2 was after this right. so I don't know if he had less of a budget or something the thing about Beyond Darkness is it's all the insanity of Troll 2 it doesn't make sense no. nothing fits together right but visually it's fucking stunning there are moments in this movie that if they made sense thematically I'd be like this movie's an amazing horror movie right, right, it's, right. what's weird though is that stuff will happen that's actually really disturbing but there's it's not clear why it's happening. Right. Like there's right. the, the logic of the movie, like is really how does the universe yeah. work? How is this serial killer related to the w- hundreds of witches who were yeah. burned in the house? And why is she Why a is nun? there like, a giant black swan in the room? Yeah. Like, yo, that, that black swan was awesome. <laughs> so that was a great, a great little piece. So the, the so the house is haunted and then Well, there's the okay, so the house is haunted and you see the hole in the closet. Right. And you're like, yeah. what the fuck is this what the hole? Fuck is this hole with and the like smoke the do- coming out. The of it. smoke coming out, and yeah, then you yeah, got yeah, the daughter yeah. staring at the hole right and then there's this big black swan why would your family not move this scary black swan That's by the way this thing looks like it's itself. five feet high it's yeah. a giant black swan it's a giant so black weird. swan it's such a weird movie yeah and, so and, eventually the son gets taken by the evil witches uh-huh. but then he gets replaced with well, like, well before that happens you see it, it they're trying to it, oh have right the illusion. we got the crazy priest going on too right well, okay yeah. well because they, they show the crazy priest who's drinking and he's the guy right. who's spoken to the serial killer woman yeah. yes and he's on the street trying to talk about this demonic thing he knows, he knows about that to the, something is happening something he's trying right. to tell everyone and then he sees the serial killer woman as a bus driver oh, with, with, all, and then with all the children yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. and then they get on the bus and they go away and, and she then she says cuts. something to him as they drive away right. I forget what she says but there's this whole subplot with another people. priest too I guess who's in charge the well older pastor yeah, or the what guy who which sent by the, the way superman out there right the older pastor who sent superman and his family out there to the house to the house. knowing that it was haunted knowing it was haunted yeah. and didn't warn this priest no, nothing. and he seemed like a fucking asshole priest but then at the end he's like 
kind of like this weird spiritual anchor that saves he, them. He right. saves them. Oh, but, so good. But he put him in the situation to start. So it's like, yeah. fuck you. It's like exactly the plot of Suicide There's Squad. a lot of... Like, maybe this is coming across right now, but one of the things I should make clear there's a lot of ideas there's too many ideas in yeah, this movie is what's going on because the there's the there's the thing with the priest the different faith of the priest there's the serial killer woman who then gets conflated with the witches who by the way the witches are creepy like they, they actually are, I, lo- I love that that was then great. we've got the doppelganger child which they oh, just they, yeah. just, they try they, they, write they try to exercise the child at one point but the child is just a doppel. Like, who? What are they exercising? Is is that? A, is he a doppelganger or is he possessed? Yeah, it's not clear. It's not clear at all. The, the whole thing is the house possessed or both the children possessed? How the electric the, the, in the he, house? They send the wife away. Yeah, it's there, so is the weird. is the crazy drunk priest? Is he in line with Satan or is he anti Satan? <laughs> The whole and, and they don't say Satan either. It's some other god yeah. they keep saying. Is it the, Amaroth? Am- Amaroth. Yeah. Or something but then like there's that. like the Baphomet in the Bible, and it's yeah. like, dude, it's so weird. And that the, the portal to hell, the big yes. beautiful white light portal. <laughs> yes. Which, and there's a lot of work on the stairs. There's a lot of themes yeah, where someone goes up the stairs work. and the door yeah. closes and then they're trapped. And they upstairs. seemed to be pretty safe when they went up the stairs. Yeah. Did you notice that? It was yeah. like, oh, oh my god, oh these these nuns. There's 20 nuns coming in my house and they all have like black faces. Oh, well, let's just go upstairs. Oh, they're gone. So also, Josh came over to watch this movie and then fell asleep immediately. I was drunk. Yeah, yeah. But you I, watched I, it later on your own. No, he saw. It I before. watched it. No, no. The night we we talked about it, I watched it immediately because right. I was excited. I really wanted right. to see it. So yeah. But I, during while we were watching, I didn't know you were asleep, and I made the joke. That's nonsense. And you didn't laugh, and I was like, "Oh, Josh is out." <laughs> like, oh, yeah. well, why would I laugh at that? Because it's fucking it's, hilarious. That is, that is kind of. Funny. Oh my god. Okay, so let's. let's... I think my exact words were. <laughs> This is utter nonsense because all, right. all the nuns are coming through the door. But I think witches. our I think our excitement level is pretty high, which is great. But I want to pull back a little bit to name something that I think is worth saying, which is that it when I say there's a lot of different ideas going on here, it also changes themes a lot. Like yeah. there's the poltergeist aspect, right? Then the, with then the, the haunted with, child aspect, yeah, and, and then, then the crazy nuns is like its own yeah. thing, and then it becomes like an exorcism movie. But then and then the like, end is so weird. It's so weird. They have to cross the barrier to save the kid, and yep. then they get possessed with a cro- crucifix that's a knife. And then like, oh yeah, there's a whole theme that they're gonna murder the child. Yeah, then the child is still a doppelganger at the end. You couldn't tell if which which if he was the right one or the wrong. Yeah, and I think it's worth that we talked about the Exorcist first because one of the things we said, and and I want to reiterate this, is the Exorcist is perfectly paced. Right. And Beyond Darkness is a movie that doesn't know what pacing is. It really doesn't. There's like literally 15 minutes, maybe 20, but I think it's 15 minutes of setup. And by setup, it's multiple characters in multiple times. Like it's like time has passed, so it's like not a lot of time. And then things starts getting crazy immediately. And then it's, you know, a good hour to almost an hour 20 of crazy, just nonstop shit going on where like you're just thinking like, why doesn't everybody just leave? Like, yeah. this is too much shit. It's At also some like, point, you just go, let's get the fuck out of here. You, this can, you can leave. They show the door, and they show that they can actually walk out the door. Yeah. Right. And they decide not to They're do gonna it. They're going to fight the good What fight? about the part where Pastor, Superman Pastor, handsome Pastor, comes home. Mark uh-huh. was something. I forget his last name. He comes home, and the wife just chops him with an axe. With an axe. Because yeah. she's just so frightened. Things have been so crazy. She's so frightened. She just attacks her husband with an axe. Yeah, the like, axe is full in the floor before she goes, oh, wait, it's you, honey. Oh. <laughs> I didn't realize it was you. How dude, fucking crazy was I was literally so like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, and like, let's also be clear. There are some amazing images in here, like yep. the nun standing over the coffin with the window. Yep, that's like Jodorowsky levels of like, oh, image. Oh, yes, the cough, so, the glass covered yeah, coffin with dude, that the girls in. in there. Yeah, oh, that was amazing. awesome. That was fucking terrifying. It's actually weird to watch Troll Two after this movie, and he's done other movies too. Really? That some of which I think are actually pretty good. Right. Um. So it's weird that Troll Two is so. So maligned. I don't know if you've ever seen Troll Two. I've never seen. Have it. you ever seen Troll Two? Yes, I have. It's it's fucking terrible. insanity, yeah. and it never makes sense, and it's not visually impressive at all. No, None of the special it's effects. Very flat. Work. Yeah. It just yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks really shitty. So it's weird because it's like. Apparently, his consistent thing with films, and I haven't seen all of his movies, so maybe this isn't true of all of them, but his consistent thing seems to be that there's no internal logic to any of his movies at all. There's never any logic. Well, and you know, as I was watching this movie, you know, one of the things that I kind of realized about this movie versus The Exorcist is I, I crave philosophy and like right. deeper meaning. Right, right, right. And I'm right, like, right. I really love that. And I was watching Beyond Darkness and I'm like, okay, this is a lot, a lot of great things, a lot of great visuals. <laughs> yeah. And all that. But I'm like, oh, there's no, I want to think about it later. But I wasn't. I knew, I was just like, oh, this is, it was fun. A little, a couple scares. Yeah. And that's why I think the Exorcist still remains the well, top dog. This movie fully devolves when they do the whole exorcism scene. It's the worst. It's the worst thing. Well, because, okay. And, I mean, it's, it's exactly like, the scene from The Exorcist. Well, it's exactly right? the scene from The Exorcist. And then, of course, as we are saying, like, they're trying to put poltergeist vibes. And, like, and it, it, I, used to, I used to live with this girl, my friend Jill, and she and I used to always watch a show called Paranormal Activity together. And then we, she, we had a thing called... Uh, uh, spiritual Mondays, where we would use a, a, a Ouija board every Monday. Spiritual Mondays, yeah, yeah, just fucking around on the Ouija board, which is like seems like a horrible idea in the beginning of a horror movie, but it never, nothing ever happened. But it always, it just reminds me that all these movies that talk about ghosts, talk about spirits, or TV shows or whatever, they're it's all kind of jump scare stuff, and there's nothing really more to it than, than the surface. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, just yeah. a moment. It's just like a scary moment. And well, that's, that's why I love. I'm I, I'm I'm not religious, but I love theology. I love thinking about philosophy. The deeper meaning. Well, and I think yeah. I actually think if you take the theological thinking and you take it away from doctrinal theology, so a lot of theological thinking is we have an idea about who God is, and so we're going to figure out why we're right, and we're going to figure out all the reasons we're right about this assumption we have about who God is. You take away that doctrinal aspect. And then mm. theology really becomes about thinking about meaning. Mm. And then once you get to that point, theology can be about anything. It actually is like as broad. It's actually in the American context, I think, more broad than philosophy because a lot of American philosophy comes down to what do words mean mm. and what do we mean when we use this word? And it gets really bogged down in like precision. Yeah. Whereas theology can be like, well, meaning is very loose and you can come at it from a lot of different directions. The thing about the exorcist is that that's where it goes. And a lot of possession, not a lot, but a certain chunk of possession, ghost, spirituality movies, there's an assumption that we already know what we mean. Mm. That there's no questions in it about the nature of good and evil, about life after death. The Exorcist is very much like, what is the world made of? And do these priests have what it takes to confront evil? Mm. And granted, it's within a certain context, but it allows space for you to doubt that. A lot of these movies are like, we know what good and evil is. Well, yeah. and also a lot of these movies are centered around people that I can't relate to at all. Also true. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like a religious, <laughs> insane nut person. Like, whereas right. this exorcist, 
it's just some people that seem pretty normal. I mean, obviously, we're, we're not famous about, actresses. Yeah, Ellen but Burstyn. She, but Ellen Burstyn's character is so relatable. And yeah. she's just like, at, she's at a certain she's point. She's like a struggling mom. She's a struggling mom. And she, at a yeah. certain point, is just like, holy fucking shit, I don't know what the fuck to do. I just, yeah. I'm going to you a priest because I don't know what the fuck to do. My See, daughter right. is blah, blah, blah. And that happened in and Baba that's Duke like, also is well handled in the same kind of manner where you don't know sure. if it's a possession or if the kid has a mental illness. And yeah. And in which the, one? I'm sorry. The Baba Duke. Oh, and the Baba Duke. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a good that, movie. I thought. Well, I think I think The Exorcist gets there eventually with the actual super ang- supernatural yeah. angle, but all the well, yeah, it does all, eventually. But I think all the stuff beforehand is very visceral because you don't know what's going on and you yeah. don't know that these priests are going to be able to have an effect or whatever, whatever. Beyond Darkness just is like, here's a bunch of crazy ideas. We yeah. know what's going on. So this let me is throw all bad. as much stuff. Yeah. Whereas, and I think this is a good transition. The other movie we watch, Shock mm-hmm. or Behind the Door Three, Two, Two. Uh, is really interesting to me because it walks a fine line where a lot of things happen in the movie that could have been just her. In that way, mm-hmm. it actually, I don't know that it's in there, even though I'm reading the book. I haven't gotten to that section yet. But it, it could go in that House of Psychotic Women book. It's mm-hmm. a House of Psychotic Women movie. Yeah. So what's this book? So The House of Psychotic Women is a book by Kira uh, Janice. Janice yeah. And it's basically about all of the films in which female anxiety is the point of the movie so uh, point of the movie so there's a movie called the house of psychotic women that the book is based off of uh-huh. but it's really a book sort of about the ways that horror and exploitation films deal with certain freudian ideas around femininity you know and around anxiety and hysteria and whatever whatever and it's also a very personal thing so it reads like in some ways kind of a phd text mm-hmm. but then she'll be like this is like when my stepdad was abusive, you know, and like related to her own mm. life. So it's like very visceral, a read of a book too. And I don't know that shock is covered in there, but as I was watching it, I'm like, this, this is, is about that. this one. Cause yeah. you know, the psychologist is like, this is about your hysteria and what mm. you went through. And there's this question around whether she murdered this guy. And well, mm. so wait, 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 we should probably tell the audience what this right, right, right. About. So let's talk about what the, shock. what is shock about? What is Josh? shock? about? So from my recollection, shock because I watched it a few weeks ago. Mm. Shock was about a woman who moves back into a house where she had lived where with an abusive with... drug addict husband right, yeah. with which she has a son who is the son in the movie. Right. And then Marco. And the, but her current husband really wants to move back into this house. Yeah. And right. he's like Not really, really he was all about it. Yeah, he loves that house. He loves the house and she's kind of like I don't know, she's I feel like, weird. Why are we back here can we leave? Right. And almost immediately the son starts acting crazy. Yeah. It, yes. it starts with the son saying my name is Marco to nobody. So by the way, I'd like so, to just say that this movie felt as low budget as as most as any good 70s low budget movie. Right. Cuz we're dealing with again back to the beginning the excess high quality Right. Like everything's high quality, and then even Beyond Darkness, which was what from nineteen ninety, it, yeah, I think yeah. It, it felt like it was it was a little kitschy, but, it had but some this movie value had a little it. bit of production value. Which Shock was just like there was really slow low production. Yeah, yeah, it looked yeah. kind of like college film style. Right, the creepiest thing you got like the razor blade and the piano keys. Like there's no, I mean, there's like a creepy hand. There's like you could see like people holding mirrors. Yeah, you know, kind or when of, like the razors. There's a lot. Out. There's a lot of disrespect to shock going on right now. Well, I mean, that's just the I way. did not enjoy the movie. Yeah, I, I, so. I honestly wasn't that taken by the movie. Wow, I literally hate you both, (laughs) and the podcast is over. All right, good episode, guys. We're done. Yeah, good talk. No, I actually sour grapes. I will take I will take shock over Beyond Darkness every day. To be fair, so would I. Every day, I I have to go with Beyond Darkness. Beyond Darkness was bad, but and shock had 
okay, so my feelings on Chuck are somewhat conflicted in that it does have, at the very least, an honest core of trying to tell this weird story. Sure. Right? Whereas Beyond Darkness is just so fucking off the wall, you're like, so wait a minute, why is the old priest suddenly saving them? Like, what the fuck is going on here? That well, said... I kind of feel like the tension building and shock is what really takes me out of the movie. Okay. Because it's it's so herky jerky and you I mean like it feels it doesn't feel linear. You know what I mean? It mm. feels all dislodged and like the things that that you're supposed to like re- react to don't really do anything for me like her falling at the dinner party. You know what I mean? It's like and the feel of the movie wasn't it didn't allude to a creepy feeling until later I, I I mean honestly like so the husband uh, for those who sh- spoiler spoiler alert right the current well, spoiler husband moved from nineteen eighty whatever so nineteen seventy seven nineteen seventy seven I think it's actually spoiler, even earlier than that well either way the the husband is the guy who killed the drug addict boyfriend or right. whatever ex husband from before. And the whole time, he's the sweetest guy. He's got a mustache. He's got a mustache. He flies planes. Uh, they, they make awkward love to each other at some point. <laughs> There's also, by the way, just kind of like in Beyond Darkness with the huge swan, there was that the, the hand. The big hand statue that, that she just finds in her thing. couch. Right. It's just sitting there. <laughs> and she so doesn't weird. know. It doesn't. It, it, yeah. But it's also one of those things where it was like, why would she agree to move into a place where her ex-husband and she lived and he died. Yeah. Like, I just didn't buy it. <laughs> well, I, know, and I'm not, is... I know it's a horror movie and stuff, but it's like, at least I buy some sort of ancient demon. Yeah. Like, that's so you, I'm, I'm this all about. Is where, this is where I think you're not connecting to the movie. Right. And this is your fault. <laughs> oh, condescending much? <laughs> no, no, no. I do think this is, and this is where I think it connects to uh, the House of Psychotic Women book, in that the theme of these movies is that uh, female psychology is the problem, and that's what's going on in this film. That it's 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 her psychosis and her. And right. so it, she literally, when they first move back into the movie, into the movie, into the house, doesn't actually remember what happened in the house. She knows that it was bad. She's getting mansplained dead. all over this fucking house, by the way. <laughs> and I think what the reason that I think Kira Janice wrote about these sorts of movies is because they they in her mind, represent a way that people think about women. That what mm. we're getting at with these movies is an actual perspective. Uh, it is, by the way, beyond the door. Mm. Um, Not behind the door. It, it, but the door. I get why you would think it would be behind the Like, why is it beyond the door? But anyways, <laughs> it's beyond the door, too. I was just looking up because I was. It, it's harder to find under schlock. It's actually under beyond the door, too. Yeah. But... um. I mean, listen, man, I, I feel you, and I, I see if you have to read a book for this movie to be good, then that's that's not a good Wait movie, a dog. That's not, that is literally not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is... Well, get to the point, homie. I was on the point, which is that the idea that she is moving back into a place she should know she shouldn't be is literally reading against the film. The film tells you straight up that she has no memory and that what's happening in the house is that the memory is coming back, which oh. goes into this idea of psychology that somehow we would forget something important like that, uh-huh. which is, by the way, not real. That doesn't actually happen. Yeah. But a lot of these movies sort of assume this like psychological layer to it. So what's to me what's interesting about that is that the movie walks that line between mm. something supernatural is happening or, or this is all in her head. Coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. she's just she's losing her mind there. You could literally look at all the crazy things that happened to her as her being in her psychosis. mind. Yeah. She trips over the rake. Is there a hand that grabs her or is it just the rake? Right. The kids acting weird. Is it the kids acting weird or is she just crazy? Now there's a few moments I think that really push it towards supernatural. For example, the wall. when 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I would actually say well, more because that could be again a perspective thing. Okay. When the kid has the picture on the on the on the um, on the swing and swing. then swings and the plane starts. And the plane starts. That's like okay, we're moving into this is actually supernatural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But some that of the shit other shit is so funny. Some of me. the other stuff could be perspective. We're seeing her perspective, so we see something supernatural happening, right. but it's actually in her mind. And I like that. And I think a few Italian movies do this. Mm. They just push the two together. It could be psychological. It could be supernatural. And Mario Baba, ba- Mario Baba's like, nah, it's both. It's she is crazy. There is a ghost. Both of these things are true. And that's why I think the end culmination of her sorry spoiler alert but she kills herself that's like yeah. the perfect sort of that that the supernatural has pushed her into the final psychotic act right. of slitting that's her own throat because yeah, yeah, the yeah. supernatural pushes the the blade into her hand right and yeah. she thinks it's him but it's actually her no you're right you know the thing i will say about this movie honestly was if the writing the story i loved i mm-hmm. thought it was a cool story and i totally understand i, I you're right. There was a psychological side to it where she, she's walking around. She's in her home. There's a party going on mm. and she doesn't know. Like you don't like I'm trying to remember exactly. But you're right. Things happen where she feel it looks like she's kind of crazy, but it also looks like maybe there's a ghost the way you said it. But then, you know, and, and, and it was building up to this thing where it ends up being a ghost. But. That was the thing is the production value just kind of kind of ruined it for me. I just yeah, didn't really that took you out of it. It just took me out of it. You know, that's funny. I think for me because I'm actually kind of used to Lower this level yeah. that I for if I have to choose now. Don't get me wrong. This is the second time I've seen Beyond the Darkness. Mm-hmm. I will watch it again sometime. It's fun, but I prefer a movie like Shock, and I think it's because. I actually like that Italian 70s feel. Mm. I like that way of storytelling. I think visually this is much more. I think the, the all the things that are visually interesting in Beyond the Darkness are more special effects things. I don't know that the camera work is that amazing in it. Um, whereas I think the way Baba moves the camera in this movie is not as good as some of his other films. But, but it's, it's still, still Baba, yeah. Hey, it's don't get me wrong. Really I good. love me some 70s Italian horror. Oh, sure, yeah. sure, sure. I mean, yeah. it's good stuff. But, it's, but, but I mean, but it sounds to me like you might be more into the Argento than the Mario Baba. To be fair, Baba's most of his films. I mean, are this 60s is. I think anyway. this might be my first Baba experience. Really? Wow. I mean, he's more yeah, of a. I shouldn't a say. Yeah. I shouldn't say. I shouldn't conflate Baba with the seventies either. No, this is the last the movie. 60s, yeah. This is the last movie he ever directed. So second last. this is definitely the end. No, it's the last one he directed. But it's the he, second last one that came out. Right, because yeah, he directed yeah, yeah. Rabbit Dogs, but it was delayed. This movie was released. It was filmed in June nineteen seventy seven and released in. August 1977. <laughs> so I think when you talk about the production value, clearly they didn't spend a lot of time in right. post-production on this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think they just wanted to get it out and get that money. Right. And I will fully admit that it's not, by a certain measure, it's not a great movie. Mm. But if I'm choosing between movies that I like that are not great movies, this style is more up my alley than Beyond the Darkness. Mm. But I will re-watch both of these movies again. Right. They're movies I will re Yeah, they're definitely two different you know, beasts. different beasts. Yeah. Exactly. You got apples and oranges going on here, <laughs> but lots of demons. And lots there was another thing demons. that was interesting about this was the fact that the demon was her ex-husband who was a drug addict. Like yeah. that's a whole different side of it. It's like, it's, it's not cheap. some, it's not some ancient thing. It's like, it's, 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 it's a personal thing. Her getting drugged too. Yeah. Current husband's drugging her. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is this? About? I yeah. mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of shit in I, there that I'm like, I'm not quite sure. I understand what exactly is happening. See, I think why. there's, I think there's a lot of weird, 
gender politics going on. I guess the reason I, it appeals to me is I think there's actually stuff for me to think about in this movie. Mm. Yeah, I and can see as that. As opposed yeah. to Beyond the Darkness, I don't think Boys. there's anything. No, yeah, Beyond the Darkness is just like, you know, look at this, look at this, look at this. Don't get me wrong, it's great at that. Like, yeah. some of that shit is crazy. And I wish, I wish we could get the complicated messiness of a shock uh-huh. with the over-the-top special effects of a uh, beyond the darkness yeah that sounds like the perfect a great fun horror Liam movie to movie. me yeah, did yeah, you guys yeah. see the movie the host yeah i believe yeah, I it was called movie. the host yeah. is that the one i think it's called the host it's on netflix and they have a million different horror movies going on in this one horror movie or maybe oh no the host is a korean movie oh no no, no i'm thinking i'm sorry i'm thinking of a different movie there was some movie i watched abc's of death or no, um, no, I'm sorry. What are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? Mm. Tales of I've, Halloween. No, I don't know. there was a movie I watched on Netflix the other day. On it, it was it was one of these like the they took an movies. alien. It was an alien. It was a satanic. It was uh, a serial killing. There was like all of these genres all put into one, one movie. movie. And it was oh, it looked good, yeah. but by the end of it, it was the same feeling for Beyond Darkness. It was yeah, just, just like oh, and this okay. is kind of one because I can't that. remember the name of the movie. I mean, don't get me wrong, like like I appreciate the over the topness in a lot of ways of that Beyond the Darkness thing, but it mm. is funny to be like you can name the di- you know what I mean. You like, can name the references. It's not to just crazy. Single, yeah. It's not just. Here's a fucking crazy idea. It's, it's secondhand okay, crazy. Poltergeist. Okay, now we do this. Okay, now <laughs> yeah. we do this. You know, yeah, yeah, it yeah. feels like they picked movies to ape off of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is fun, but it's weird. It's like a weird, again, like seeing a cover band. It's just like, yeah, I like these songs. No, I mean, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. It's, it's definitely just kind a cover of them band. covering The Exorcist, you know? Yeah. They're like, we is, love these things. We just want to do just it ourselves. Put them all in there. I will, I will say, though, that like the only scene in Shock that is effective in a sort of visceral way uh-huh. is the hallway scene when, when the, the kid, kid is running up to her and then all of a sudden he's the, she, yeah. the man oh, oh that was a so great, good uh, that great is scene. that is the only like i like the way the movie looks i uh-huh. love the like some of the aspects of it that might be considered corny i kind of love mm. but the only thing that actually i think is kind of freaky where you're like ooh, that was a good idea <laughs> yeah. was that that moment yeah. i was like Fuck. Oh. Do you know what? You <laughs> know what was other good moment for me was I like simple parts of movies that like build. So yeah, like yeah, the yeah, scene yeah. where the kid goes downstairs and is attracted to the wall. Yes. Oh, for yes, no yes, reason. Yes, yes. And then yes. we find out, of course, the dead guy is this buried is back there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and it's very, it's a very unsettling kind of a thing. You know, you're like, yeah. I, 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 I like that kind of shit. As I soon as they was... showed the wall, did you think he was in there? No. Oh, as soon as I saw the wall, I thought that's probably where the body is. I kind of. Yeah. Oh wow. No, that's, I. I, I reacted more to the kid being like, I feel sick. And then she takes him upstairs and puts him in the bed. And then he just jumps up and runs away. It's like, oh, that's not good. It's really weird. Right. I don't yeah. know what the Lying thing is. Lying children. I don't know <laughs> what the thing is kid. with scary. Kids Italian. creepy already. I don't know what the thing is with Italian horror movies that have kids in them that they have some creepy Song. lullaby thing going yeah, on, yeah, like yeah. me, 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 <laughs> and I'm just like, fuck, fuck you, I don't like that. Dude, lullabies are scary. Yeah, they're man. fucking they scary. Kind of are. Creepy. Yeah, they're that actually mad creepy for real. I don't, I don't sing any normal lullabies to Maeve. No, you sing Run the Jewels songs to Maeve. No, I don't. But that sh- <laughs> I should actually. I do. Uh, I I sing. I, I sing. Uh, uh, that uh, my body lies over the ocean. Oh, you could. You one. could play. You could play her. My my kids album. You know, I have one of those. You have a kids album, dude. Acoustic. Yeah, I did. I recorded it in two thousand four. Yeah. I used to be a, ki- a performer for children, like at birthdays and stuff. Red pants. I mean, it used to be. I still do it once in a while. I did one last week at Minnow Lane on Frankfurt Ave. Oh, All right. Nice. Well, now I know who to hit up. And I know who to hit up when Maeve's old enough to care. Yeah. Right now would be a <laughs> in waste. about five years. We're going to talk about this. Holla! <laughs> yeah, or no, three years actually. In about three That's years. About yeah, I would three. say three. Three. You're yeah, on. Yeah, You're yeah. on, Agron. Yeah. Right now, I'm she would pro. just 
doesn't just look around and yeah, 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 gurgle. Yeah. By the way, it's almost as scary to watch me perform for children as it is to watch <laughs> one of these movies. <laughs> Which almost. is to say it's really scary. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this lullaby thing. I mean, Ghost House has one, uh-huh. and there was one. Um, well, the Freddy. Well, Nightmare yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Freddy. Yeah, yeah, it's like a classic. But even like the. But I was saying like I've watched recently three specifically Italian movies. Where that like there the was this weird song thing, and I'm like, why is this such a theme? Why yeah. are there all these movies have this like, dee, 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 <laughs> and I'm like, fuck it, I don't like it. Yeah, that's it's, because it comes back to the thing I mentioned way before, like about three hours ago when we started talking about this, which <laughs> is there's something about Catholics, uh, priests, children. Yes. And and these movies that connect and I swear to God I after watching these movies I honestly I don't even know if it's actually a thing but it feels like that this genre is born out of the horrible horrible things the Catholic Church have done over the centuries that, that might be wrong. very true yeah, that might be very definitely, true definitely a nascent point in a lot which of is these. like one of these things where I mean I I remember learning that the reason Catholic priests can't marry is over some sort of financial or money money thing that the pope in whatever whatever a like 1100 ad <laughs> or whatever whenever they decided I, i'm sorry i'm not a historian <laughs> but it was just about money it was never about actual morality you know it was just like oh we want to keep these people down because we want to control them right and that's just what all these movies are about they're about control they're about you know or lose or lack thereof. Well, it's I, to me, it's more about the the, the aspect of lost trust, and also not things. and not trusting or not just saying, "Oh, I'm an evil person. I have to blame. It's not me that's done these horrible things. It's, it's this I'm possessed. It's this, like, right. It's this demonic thing that doesn't exist. Yeah. Obviously, this bullshit doesn't exist. I think. Uh, well, again, in all three of these movies, the issue is that there are these things like a home or a mother or like a thing that you're supposed to trust, and then eventually these things turn on you. Yeah. And then there's this lost trust. And that is the, the that is the essential crux of the horror of these three movies, that it's this trust that's lost. Right. That right. you're supposed to, like, be able to bank on. And then it's just gone. So, like, in, in Exorcist, it's this very trusting young daughter. Yeah. That is the most adorable little girl in the movie that turns sure. into this horrible thing. Yeah. And then even in The Conjuring, for instance, Lily Taylor's character is, is the loving, loving mother, mother. And then yeah. all of a sudden she becomes this the most possessed, possessed, horrible thing that's horrible. stabbing people. And then, you know, in, in Beyond Darkness, you've got a home that's supposed to be your home. And, oh, man, they got a bunch and, of burnt up witches. in there. And I just got to say, another thing that really connects me to these kinds of movies mm-hmm. is I think my, my I have a I have a family member who's schizophrenic mm-hmm. and I watched my brother. My older brother is schizophrenic. Um, he's a great guy. He's mm-hmm. doing great now. But way back about 15, 20 years ago, when when we were realizing this was like it was starting to show itself. Mm-hmm. This this reminded me of watching these movies. I'm like this guy. He, my, sure. he yeah. would do all these things that were he was saying things that were coming from a place. I had no idea. He mm-hmm. would tell me he would hear people speaking to him that were people we hadn't seen in years. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, this is kind of hitting home and after one of my favorite movies that scared the living shit out of me i'm watching my brother go through, go through this sort of a thing yeah, yeah i mean i think there's a real relationship between possession narratives and mental illness like yeah. you know and and i think that they get at that feeling of like, i think there's a real anxiety around mental illness that when yeah. you see someone who's dealing with that it makes you wonder what your relationship to reality and what your relationship to your own mental state is yeah and i can say personally i've gone through some depression i was i was diagnosed as bipolar mm. like a bunch of years ago and i go, going through those experiences of being depressed and then coming out of it 
you feel like a different person. Like you really yeah. do. You yeah. feel like the world is a different place. Like it looks physically different. You feel mm. physically different. You can't be yourself. And yeah, I think that's why these movies I think really still resonate with me because I'm yeah. like, oh, I can kind of relate to it in a weird way. It's not that weird though. I think that's. I pretty, think a lot of people can. Yeah, but, I know. think that's pretty. Uh, I think that's part of the appeal of them to yeah. anybody. Yeah, I would agree. Even if they agree. don't have those specific experiences, there's an anxiety that I think a lot of people have around them that resonate because yeah. w- with these themes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this is this has been a not short episode. No, we but it's been a very lively up. conversation. So good. <laughs> so good. So good. So good. So so. But good. Uh, now is our time for plugging things. Yeah. Is there anything that you, that's coming up that you're excited about? That's co- you know going to be released or you, that you're going to be doing. Well, I, I want to say again, um, my friend Abby Bruley's movie Main Blessings, which I'm playing a Wait, guy who wants to be a priest, <laughs> which I thought, uh, I don't know, it was a strange topic. Weird I topic, thought, yeah. But hey, hey, you know what? Hey, she's a lovely girl. The movie looks like it's going to be pretty hilarious. When you find out about it, let us know. We will talk about I, it on the movie, on the I, show. I absolutely will. And there was a little movie that I worked on called National Treasure that you should rent. <laughs> And if you IMDb my name, yeah, that's where I, you'll see. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty just good. just joking. Uh, but no, you know that's about it. I'm, I'm musically, I've been kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. I did put out a solo record last year too. Nice. Which and once my record's done, we're gonna play shows together. It's gonna be dope. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 down. Anyway, but yeah, guys, thank you for having me on. This has been yeah, thank a you blast. for being our guest. It's awesome. It's Josh, fun. is there anything you want to plug? Uh, next week, Solarized Kochiyama Material Support and Open City are playing Everybody Hits on Thursday. Thursday. Uh, the 24th? 4th. Yes. Um, so that's coming up. Cross Keys are playing this Friday, which probably won't be up by then. Well, tomorrow. Um, new Solar Records coming out. New Cross Keys Records coming out. Um, Kochiyama stuff's out now. Um, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, the only thing I wanted to specifically plug was our Patreon. Yay. Uh, we are finally up to um, $100 a month, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, over the course of running this thing, we've realized that that's actually not that much money. When we were suggesting the Patreon, we'll start with 100 bucks. That's a lot of money. We could yeah. do so much. And now we're at 100 bucks. Like, wow, this is not that much money. There's not that much we could do. We can't pay so, anybody still. So um, <clears throat> I think the reality is we need to grow that Patreon. And um, I'm not going to lie, when we sort of hit a certain amount and it hadn't grown at all, mm. I kind of wasn't thinking about it. I you wasn't really pushing it. and that was that. Yeah, I wasn't really pushing it as hard. And, and, and the reality is... A, we want to pay writers. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love to pay podcasts too, but at least with podcasts, we have a service. Yeah. We host well, the writers, podcast. People just give people us People who time write for the site, we don't give them shit. Yeah. Like they just write because they want to write and we put it on our website. And I really think that people's labor in, the, in their should writing. should be rewarded. It should be rewarded. Yeah. And, and granted, we, I don't think we'll ever be able, no one's ever probably going to quit their job to work at Cinepunks. Right. But <clears throat> I think that we should at least compensate them for what they are able to do for us yes and so um that's only going to happen with the patreon plus we have other things we want to do we want to have live events we've yeah. done a few but we really want to have like a series of live events mm. we want to uh down the line be able to get good equipment for our, the people who do shows for us yeah a lot of our podcasters they buy their own stuff some of them they can't afford the best stuff so we want to be able to help them out with that we want to be able to um, offer y'all some more content um, and uh, hopefully some like swag, like Cinepunk yeah. stuff. Hats. So, yeah. Oh, totally. Hats would be so cool. Underwear. Underwears. Draws. 
<laughs> Maybe some ramen. Ramen. Oh, Why not? Cinepunks like, ramen. Yeah. So good. Or a ramen bowl that says Cinepunks on it. Yeah. So anyways, we just want to really get that. <laughs> we we want to grow that. So uh, check it out. Consider donating to our Patreon. Donating to the Patreon. Becoming a, a supporter on Patreon. That doesn't interest you. The other thing that you can really do to help us out is to subscribe on iTunes and rate, rate and review. review. Literally, the only way to get attention on iTunes is ratings and reviews. That's right. it. No one cares about anything else. Even if our downloads were like the most downloads in the world, mm. that won't put you on the iTunes podcast to pay attention to. Unless you have a bunch of ratings and reviews. And ratings, That's yeah. what matters. So please, please, please. I know not everyone uses iTunes, but if you're someone who does... Rate and review. Mm. Um, it would help us out a lot. It would ha- really help us out a lot. And that's that's basically all I have to plug. Uh, I want to say thank you to Adriana Gober and to Jess Udino for yes. helping us out at the Trenton Punk Rock Flea Market yep. in the Shamney Creek Brewing Company last Saturday. Yep. Um, you guys are awesome. And everybody that actually contributes to Cinepunks in any way, we really appreciate your help. And uh, yep. we love that you're a part of our family. So, yeah. Well, apparently I might be uh, doing a doing review or some two. reviews or yeah, two. Yes. Josh, so is, Josh is going to join the team. Josh and Jeff. But like we, we really appreciate the team. We appreciate, you know, Adriana. And Jaime. Jaime. And Justin Lohr. Joe Yannick. Joe Yannick. All you guys. Uh, Rob Scavarla. You guys are all what make us what we are. And without you, we would be nothing. Yeah. We'd just be shouting in the wind. I mean, honestly, we love the whole team except for Justin Harlan. I think yeah. that's the only thing I we mean, can say. He loves Scott. Justin Harlan sucks, and he likes ska. <laughs> but everyone else involved with Cinepunks. Andrew great. Welbrock writes to us so much. So great. Yeah, he managed those two pieces. <laughs> I can't believe I just admitted on the podcast he wrote two things. <laughs> so good. All right, thank you for listening. We're going to wrap up. All right, talk to you soon. You're not going to say your phrase? Smoke bomb. Okay, good.